Anyways, all right. So something that I've that I that I do is uh, the su- the Supreme Court has been for a few years now publishing the oral arguments and also the decisions. But the oral arguments they they allowed recording. They didn't used to used to have to just get like a, a transcript. So I've been listening to the oral arguments. I worked my way back to um, the Masterpiece Cake Shop case. And I caught something in that oral argument that I didn't know and that I, ha- I hadn't seen in anything I read about. And I don't know if it was addressed or not. That's the one anything. where the guy refused to put the two the dudes. Cake. Yeah, it's Masterpiece Cake Shop yeah. Inc. versus Colorado Human Rights Commission or something like that. Right. So basically what happened is a gay couple came to this guy's cake shop and was like, listen, we want one of your custom cakes. He's a cake sculptor, which is a ridiculous thing in the first place, but that's a, a side. So he sculpts cakes and he hand paints them with like edible paint and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And they were like, we want you to make us a cake for our wedding. And he was like, nah, I don't, I can't, do I can't get down with that. I'm a devout Christian and it's just not, it's not going to happen for you. I'll tell you. And he, part of the case, part of the arguments in the case is he was like, if they bought a cake that was just sitting in the window, they can buy it. Yeah. It's an ordinary commerce. I'm not going to deny that. I'll sell them other stuff, but I'm not going to make custom make something to celebrate your wedding as a free speech argument. Whatever the legal arguments are. Here's the interesting part that I didn't know about and that I think Justice Alito brought up during the oral arguments is that this happened in 2012, at which time these two dudes were, quote unquote, married in Massachusetts, which had gay marriage legalized. Colorado did not. So uh, I think it was Justice Alito. He asked the lawyer for those guys. He goes, listen, or the lawyer for, for Colorado, for the state of Colorado. He says, look, if these guys went and asked for a marriage license, at the at the city hall or whatever they would have gotten denied yep mm-hmm. if they asked for even a civil union denied sure if they asked the state of colorado just to give full faith and credit to their license in another state denied yep that's a good argument but the state human rights commission finds this baker and says this is the unacceptable offense yeah. that you <laughs> won't make them a cake mm. We, as the state of Colorado, reject all uh, acknowledgement of your legal marriage, yeah. but that guy not making you cake is really bad. Wow. This is the hypocrisy hard. of government. This should have been on the podcast. Uh, government <laughs> regulation. We're, we're running. We're running? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Good. Yeah, so this is the hypocrisy of government regulation um, and intrusion into, into private, private business affairs. When it, they violated these people's alleged right way more than the cake shop did, but it's fine because they're the legal, they're, they're, the, yeah. they're the state. But while they're violating the, that uh, alleged right, they can also impose on you a duty to uh, acknowledge a right that they themselves don't acknowledge. How does that make any sense? It makes no sense. But this is what happens. You're holding up a business to a standard that you're not even holding yourself up to. Yay, government. That is amazing, actually. That argument is really... St- it's incredible. <clears throat> Never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, the justices are going to... Because I didn't know the facts yeah. about Colorado, actually. Yeah, the justices are going to vote however they feel like voting anyway. It doesn't matter. Right. So the big problem with this Supreme Court, um, in terms of the stuff that we are talking about a lot on this podcast and other people as well, is that Justice Kennedy has made it his mission in life. Like he wants a legacy. All these justices want to be known for something, right? And he wants his legacy to be his uh, his treatment of gay rights issues. So he's written the majority opinion on all of the gay case, all the gay rights cases. You know, um, the Texas case. I can't remember the name of it. Obergefell. All of them. And if the if the court votes against Masterpiece Cake, Masterpiece Cake Shop, he'll write that majority opinion. So this is what he wants as his legacy. And he really, really, um, I don't know, maybe he really believes, maybe he has some gay family members. Oh, I don't know what, what his reason is, but he's dedicated to this cause. Every I'm time. I'm confused by him because he's also a, ch- a church-going Catholic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, 
whatever it is, he's picked this subject to be his his yes, subject. Thing. He thinks maybe he just thinks that this is the way that public discourse is going to go, and he wants to be the guy that was ahead of the curve, even yeah. though he's in his seventies. Yeah. Every time you say the name of that uh, cake shop, I think that cake I think shop? I think that yeah. Master P opened up a bakery. Master P. No. All right. Now this case that I wanted to bring up before we uh, do Let our me do the introduction though, sure. or you want to bring up the case first. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Welcome to the Safina Society podcast, everyone. How's everyone doing? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So, Dr. Shadi. So, this case was a private <coughs> company, which is basically a man and his wife. And they ran a private company and a church inside of it, right? On a, on a farm. And oh, the, the wedding hall. The wedding hall, yeah. yeah. So a gay couple came in. They said, no, we can't serve you. And, of course, because they're a private company, a for-profit entity open to the public, they have to serve everyone. So they got went to court. They got sued. They got fined $1,500 to each member of the uh, each each member in the case and 10000 to the state. So a total of $1,300. So what they did instead is uh, they said, all right, we'll pay it. And then they announced that anyone could get married, but... If we perform any gay marriages, or I think it was all marriages, uh, proceeds will be donated to whatever uh, a certain cause that they know that uh, gay couples would not want. Yeah, it's it's. I think they said that uh, it would be organizations that support the traditional yeah, understanding traditional of marriage, marriage or whatever, yeah. including the uh, the family something council. Yeah. So I think economics always turns everything, and I think that was uh, pretty clever, and I think it'll have an impact too. Mm. Yeah, because now the people that want to signal these people out out of spite, right, to be like, yeah. oh, you're going to host my wedding, yeah. they also have to live with the fact that they're exactly. that some of the money that they pay for that is going to organizations exactly. that argue against. Yeah. It is a smart uh, business play. Yeah, interesting. I mean, eventually, at some point, that might lead to further litigation. Allah on them, right? Because you're not. So this is something that they put on their website and maybe on their flyers if they advertise yeah. or whatever, and you are not allowed. Among the many things that you can't do when you're uh, in discrimin in anti-discrimination cases, is um, you can't advertise discriminatory intent. So for sure, you can't have a sign that says "We don't serve Chinese." Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, then what if they say for all? Yeah, but I'm not all of our profits. I'm not sure if you can have a sign that says "We serve we serve everyone. We don't like Chinese." And we will continue to, if you come to our store, anybody that comes to our store, we're going to serve you, but we're going to donate a portion of our profits to organizations that want to ban Chinese immigration. Yeah. Well, like that <laughs> might be discriminatory <laughs> enough to get them sued again. But uh, if they do that for all weddings? Yeah, it, it's just because you have the sign that says we don't believe in gay marriage, basically. Okay, don't remove that. Yeah, but no, but that's what I'm saying. So like they're, 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 the thing that they did, which I agree is smart, um, and hopefully it doesn't get them sued, is say, we're, we believe in traditional marriage. We'll serve anybody. Yeah. A portion of all our proceeds go to um, funding organizations yeah. that support traditional marriage. But that could be just, that's code for we don't like gay, we don't like gay people getting married. So they might get Allah on them, right? I'm not sure what the so, details are on that. They might, that might be permissible under yeah. the law. I'm See, not, I'm not so legally, right. once you start going into intent and, and code, you're in really... It's called dog whistling, and it's, yeah. sometimes it's not allowed. If you do something that, that indicates intent, uh, even if it's subtly, but it's understood and it would have the effect to uh, discriminate against someone or yeah. make someone not uh, 
be able to avail themselves of your service. Like one of the arguments, the argument that's made in Obergefell by, by Justice Kennedy is this is an affront to the dignity of these people. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so the whole basis of it is we can't wait for the public to catch up to these things. These people, they're having their dignity offended and we can't stand for the offense of these people's dignity. So a sign like that or an advertisement like that may be enough to offend someone's dignity. Of course, Justice Scalia's rebuttal uh, is perfect. The dissension is perfect. Um, and he goes into how, you, how are you legislating the, not yeah. offending people? It's, yeah, right. He, he does it more eloquently than yeah. I just did. Very interesting. So um, that's not what this podcast is about. It's not. <laughs> it's not. But no, it was, it was, it, it, it's a very good and solid point nonetheless. Um, I, I, the, the piece I wanted to talk about in this podcast is really the idea of logic and the and from logic I want to you know move into the Kalam argument and then from the Kalam argument to discuss you know why you can't be good without God right yeah. uh, why you can't be good without Allah Zojo. Um, and so the first thing I want to talk about is logic um, and you know, first I'm gonna ask Saad to you know do like you know just a, a quick introduction to what logic is, or even from a like a, a math perspective. And then and in Doc Shadi, if you can explain you know Islamic logic and how we understand mantik as well. Um, you know, yeah, ahead. I mean that's a that's a broad question, but I mean at its core, right? A logical, a logically structured argument is one that starts with some definition of terms, mm -hmm. right? Um, some set of initial assumptions, terms, right? You define your the universe that you're talking about. And then, you know, through a series of connective statements, uh, premises, you arrive at some conclusion, right? That follows from those premises. So that's kind of like, oh, so let's say you have A, then B, then C, therefore D, right? That's an example of a logical statement. So that's like a simple overview. Right. And the reason why I'm even bringing this up is because there are things that, you know, we're going to discuss in the next 15, 20 minutes that are clear logical fallacies that, you know, lots of people make on a regular day to day basis that they don't realize are logical fallacies. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, one the, the first thing I want to start with is, you know, the importance of logic. And Dr. Shedley, if you can if you can tell us why logic in general is important, why it's actually one of the core sciences of Islam as well. So uh, logic is official definition in Sharia sciences is the protection of the intellect from error and contradiction. The, protect, the protection of thought or the use of the tool of the intellect from uh, any contradictions or errors. So what's an example of a contradiction? Well, we know what a mutual contradiction is. But an error would be, for example, um, uh, there is a, <clears throat> a Verizon business card here. Therefore, SAD must have left it. No, that would be wrong. Just because SAD works for Verizon doesn't mean that's it was his. Right. So that's an extension. That's an error. But because there's a business card that I've never seen before, it must be one of you three. Right. That's correct. That would be correct for me to jump to sad right away would be incorrect. There's no evidence for that. Right. Uh, so that's an example of an error. OK. And let me just give an example to the error that many atheists laugh at is when people say, well, look at all this amazing um, uh, creation. Therefore, God must exist and. Uh, Islam must be true or Christianity must be true or what have you. So that's, you've jumped an extra step 
that logic doesn't permit you to jump, right? Which is that, uh, as we said before, that uh, the um, intelligence in creation would indicate intelligence, life, a maker, will, power. It wouldn't in indicate his name, right? Wouldn't indicate who it is or his religion. So that's an example of error. And contradiction, of course, as actually, Moin, you gave a great example of a common contradiction. So, you know, if you, you share know, that. I'm going to get to that example in just a second. But before we even get to that, uh, the, the, in, in logic, um, and, and there is a, a way of understanding terms, which even comes first before you make any you know, suppositions about certain things, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and this is where a lot of people get hung up and a lot of people make mistakes in mm -hmm. their logic. Uh, so the basic terms that people understand is starting from, let's say we say man, right? The, the, the word M-A-N, mm -hmm. right? How, how do you define the word man? And Which everybody in 2018 is a very contentious. <laughs> <laughs> correct. Well, correct. if I could actually jump in real quick on that in one of the great wisdoms of, of some, many people ask why the Arabs of all people received the revelation. Yeah. And one of the reasons is that their language was not corrupted by admixture. And every languages are of two types. They're almost like lineage. There's the origin, which is called the classical language. And then there are derivatives of that, like Latin's a classical language, right? And then, but English, however, is a derivative. It's a combination mm -hmm. of Latin and Germanic, uh, of, or Germanic origins, German. With loan so, words from numerous languages. Yeah, loan words from many languages. So once you have uh, a language that is a mutt, you can never really go back and define terms solidly. But because Arabic and Allah had made it in such a way that even the, the conquerors, they just went around it. Alexander the Great went around it. And many other conquerors had no desire to go into Arabia. And that protected their language. And so therefore, when you say a word in the Arabic language, you go back right, to those people, what those Arabs, how they used it. Okay? And that's be based on that, right? And, and then that ends at 100 after the Hijrah when the Sahaba died, because right after the Sahaba came the influx of non-Arabs into the peninsula and the... And the right. Yeah. But like e even language is absolutely important. That's where like these differences in understanding can come in but let's say the word man right uh even before you can have a conversation about anything about man you must first establish what man is right and and the, the example i'm going to use is man is mortal mm -hmm. right uh so you must first establish what man is and we all agree to it that a man in this context means a human being right uh, and then mortal, what does mortal mean, right? Being alive, being a flesh, being, you know, all of these different things that define the word mortal. And those are terms. And whenever you talk about anything in logic, there's terms that must be properly defined first. Yeah. And then from those terms, then you have an axiom, right? That man is mortal. It's a statement. Now, as crazy as it sounds, a lot of people make mistakes in understanding terms from the very beginning. And then the, because they misunderstand the terms, they misunderstand the axiom, right? So instead of saying, you know, man is mortal, you know, that man could be woman, not woman, human, robot, like it could be everything, right? That's why, you know, that's, that's the initial mistake is you didn't agree on the term to begin with. Yeah. Now you say man is mortal and then you can make the, you know, the conclusive statement, which is I am a man, therefore 
Immortal. I am mortal. And yeah. and to your point, Moyen, like agreeing on definitions and what your initial assumptions, that is the basis for having any logical argument with anybody. Definitions. Yeah, definitions. You can't actually have a reasonable logical argument with anyone if your definitions are different from that person's definitions of the same terms. Which is why I, I really felt, and this actually wasn't the intents of the program but uh, or the episode, but the whole case with gay marriage, to me, is a case of language. And once you break that barrier, then why should any word mean anything except unless I can pay or, or, or mobilize enough people to agree with me right, on my term, right, then everything will have to change. Right? So yeah. marriage did have a meaning. And now we're told that it has another meaning. That's absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, the 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 basic the, the basic argument for how this goes down, and it has all to do with language and misdefining things, is to use an example that everybody can understand, right? So, and I I read this from someone else, uh, some conservative Christian, I believe, but this is the basic argument. I have a cat. I go down to city hall and I go, hey. I want to get a license for my cat. And they go, we don't do cat licenses. And I go, well, my neighbor has a dog license. And they go, that's great. We don't do cat licenses. And he goes, well, I go, well, why not? You're discriminating against me as a cat owner. My cat's just as important as a dog. I want my cat licensed. And they go, listen, it does, that's not how it works. The reason we license dogs is that dogs are dangerous. They could bite you. They could have rabies. Legal ramifications. Yeah, they leave a mess around. Cats have none of those characteristics. It's a completely different animal, literally. So there's no reason to license your cat. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. So that person files a suit. Eventually, the state goes, all right, fine. We'll give you a cat license. Okay, now we license cats as well. Yeah. Civil unions. Mm-hmm. The cat owners go, mm, that's like a substandard license. I want a dog license for my cat because that's the original license. That's the one that everybody <laughs> respects. <laughs> right? And then the state goes, well, but that we don't can't get you a dog license for a cat. And they go, the guy goes, hey, listen, you're defining dog the wrong way. Uh-huh. Dog doesn't have to be a canine. Yeah. A dog can be, a look, dog can be a cat. four legs, fur, <laughs> teeth, yeah. tail, yeah. right? Is Keeps used as a pet. Yeah. This is, this is, you call it, they're all dogs now. Yeah. So you go, all right, so the state yeah. That's brilliant. Eventually goes, you know what? Fine. Dog licenses for everything that looks like a, that could, for these two different categories that are completely different, we're going to call, we're going to issue licenses for them both, even though they're really different things. And somebody comes up and is like, I want a dog license for my wife. (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, the original, the original, (laughs) the original reason that the dog has the license, that's because marriage between a man and a woman will tip, or relationships between a man and a woman will typically result in children. And the state has uh, an interest and yes. protect and, co- and causing cer- cer- and bringing cer- certain legal protections, mm-hmm. and if you go well, there's exceptions. Some cats can go off crazy and bite people, and some cats don't clean up after themselves. And so, yeah, those are exceptions, and you can't change the rule or make the rule for the exceptions. They're the exception that proves the rule. Yeah. Then Hollywood will go make uh, documentary films and movies, uh, history pieces, digging, digging for a cat that made a mess, right? Yeah. <laughs> a famous like Napoleon's cat actually was a dog. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Stuff like that. By so the way, that's the importance of definitions, right? Yeah. To, to what based on what Moeen started with. And, and right. sticking yes. with uh, the importance of words, terms, and uh, logic, the, 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 the actual saying is not um, the exception to the rule. The saying is the exception that proves the rule. Mm-hmm. And this is, gonna, this is important for, for all discussions that you'll ever have. Whenever someone raises an exception, you don't just go, well, that's just the exception to the rule. The exception, in fact, proves the rule. Mm-hmm. If it were not an exception, then it would not be a rule. 
Mm-hmm. If it were commonplace, there'd be no rule. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's right. true. So the That's exception true. is actually the proof of the rule. That's uh, Imam Abu Hanifa talks a lot about mm. that. And he says that anything with uh, more than three exceptions, I think was, he said something, if there's three exceptions, they're no longer exceptions. Right. And the rule doesn't stand. There's too yeah. many holes in it. Right. Mm. So going back now to the point of... Um, Don't quote me on the three, though. Okay. He may have said just a lot. Yeah. Um, going back to the idea of... Uh, you know, logical fallacies, you know, because of misunderstanding terms, right? This is the, the first, this is not a logical fallacy yet, but this is where the problem starts, right? right. Uh, in misunderstanding what it means, for example, to exist. Misunderstanding what it means to be Allah, right? What is God, mm-hmm. right? Misunderstanding uh, life, you know, existence, all of these, you know, existential terms, you know, a lot of people misunderstand them. And this is why we have problems in general. Now, the main common, you know, logical fallacy that a lot of people make is give two examples. The first is evil exists in the world. Therefore, God must be evil. Right. This is a logical fallacy because, you know, you're looking at, you know, things that happen around such as evil. Right. And you're assuming that because of this evil, that the creator of this evil must be evil, right? Or he does, or, or yeah. is not omnipotent. Or is, omnipotent. Uh, is not omnipotent. Now, Saad made a great point earlier, which is that when you say that evil exists and you're saying that Allah or God created this evil or whatever it may be, whatever actions that happen, you already make the assumption that God exists. 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 Yeah. Now, when you make the assumption that God exists, you also make the assumption on what God is, yeah. right? Now, when you make the assumption on what God is, that comes with certain definitions, yeah. right? Such as God is omnipotent, such as God is benevolent. all-powerful, benevolent, yeah. Yeah. just, fair, yeah. equal, right? Um, uh, you know, knowledgeable, all of the names, right? Yeah. Now, if you say and accept all of those definitions, then... Therefore, God cannot be evil, yeah. right? The, the, then you're then you have committed a logical fallacy. Because the first premise of the argument is, God allowed for evil to yeah. exist in this world. Yeah. So you already inserted God into the yeah. As so a given. that means you mm-hmm. you accept the existence yeah. of Allah, right? Yeah. Yep. So it's you know what this logic is just like, right? Or the opposite of it is when Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, okay. Radiallahu anhu was informed that the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam went on to went on the Isra, and they said your prophet that you believe in went to Jerusalem, okay, and he came back on the same night, right? What do you say about this? And he paused, and he just uttered a statement, and he said, "If he said it, then it's true, right? If he said it, because he didn't hear it from him, he's hearing it from his enemies, right? Right. So if he said it, then it's true, right? Likewise, the other day they brought me a hadith." That was sort of odd. I, I, I never had never heard it. Odd, odd in the sense that I had never heard it, right? And I'd never even come close to have, hearing anything like it. And they said that it was brought up, and I can't remember what the subject was. But what, how do you react? So I hadn't heard it. They told me it's sahih. So I remembered what Abu Bakr said. I said, look, if the prophet said that, then there's a wisdom behind it because we already accept he's a prophet, right? And therefore. There's not going to, you already accept that first premise. That's what it is. When mm-hmm. you say the word, the prophet yeah. said it. Okay. What does prophet mean? It means he's impeccable. Meaning there's no, there's no imperfection in him. So therefore it's all about our understanding. 
And what you just said is how many people doubt creeps into them because they allow for this logic. And therefore, it's a natural intuition of people mm -hmm. to say, if you're talking like that, you must not yeah. be a believer to begin with. Right. Right. Because if you just say, how could God allow? Yeah. Wait, wait, you just said the word God. That yeah. means all good. Yeah, I mean, all wise. It, we were talking right? about this before we started recording, but, you know, an example I've heard elsewhere is let's say you're in a you have a class, right? You're enrolled in a college class. You walk in the first day and the professor, you know, writes on the board. My name is whatever. I'm your professor for this class. Right. You accept that now. Right. Like this is my professor for this class later on. Right. Like as you were saying, if the professor now fails you for that class, you can't go because you failed me. You're no longer my professor. <laughs> right. Like that doesn't invalidate that previous or thing. What they which do is accepted. Yeah. Right? They'll, they'll <clears throat> dig up his credentials and try to find a flaw. Right. in His credentials. Yeah, By the way, you know what? It's actually worse when people do this. Because the what we're doing, we're analogizing to oh my child died and, and there must not be a God. It's not even that he failed you; it's that he gave you a test in the first place. Yeah, yeah. you right. go I'm tested. You must not be my professor. Yeah, yeah. in exactly. fact, I don't even think you're. That's true. Right. That's true. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I mean, there and, was and, no professor. And if you <laughs> if you leave out bias and you leave out emotion, right, that is a logical fallacy, right? Like, let's say someone's you know. Yeah, of course. Like makes family no is slaughtered. Right. That has nothing to do with the existence of Allah or right. him being yeah. evil yeah. or anything. Your emotional that, response can't invalidate any logical, rational yes. argument. Moreover, if I give credit to your position, that makes you a terrible human being. Yeah. Because what you're saying is, I was fine with this God that causes bad things. These are amazing. When it happened Until to everybody happened else, to me. I yeah. didn't care about any of those people. Yeah. But when it happens to me, all of a sudden, it's so bad that God doesn't even exist. Yeah. So you're just this, you're completely self-evolved, self-centered. They're narcissists. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And therefore, and that's why the pattern of people who have a really big problem with this term that I guess we all know now, salvific exclusivity. We Which don't is, all know that term. Yeah. <laughs> I know it just from reading way too much stuff yeah. about it. Yeah. What does that so mean? It just means that who receive who is saved by Allah as it in the Quran. Which is that rejection, conscious rejection ah. of the message of Islam is a you have purchased your ticket to the hellfire, basically. Yeah. Uh, prepare your seat in the hellfire. That's what the Prophet would so say. So the salvific exclusivity. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. So I have a point to say is that Nobody has a problem with that except people who have really good lives, right? And can't stand the fact that their friends or a family mm -hmm. um, have some bad news or died upon bad news. Like, we don't, we don't say who's going to heaven or hell, right? But we do say he died on a state that earns hell or heaven. We can say that, right? Right. He died the death yeah. of a martyr. He right. died the death of a kafir, right? Yeah. right? We can say that. So... I've never seen people in Islam and our culture who are downtrodden, poor. This life is already a mess. You telling them now that, okay, your, your, your best friend is going to hell or his mom's going to hell. Well, look, I've been beaten around my whole life anyway. All right. I've never seen anyone from the hood have a problem with this. <laughs> right. The only people who have a problem with this are really pampered kids who become Muslim. Right. And all of a sudden it hits home. Okay, this fact, and all of a sudden they're having a reaction. Yeah, I'm telling you, think it's about a good this. Point. Good point. Mm -hmm. yeah. Another uh, example I just thought of is, you know, the example that Muslims use often uh, to to you know doubt doubt it. You know, uh, is you know, 
how can it be that Allah has given men hur in you know Jannah, but women have not received anything? Thus, Allah must be yeah. unjust. No, first of all, it's not true. It's not, but like no, you know, that that even the men women don't receive anything. Everyone will have something, right? Yeah. No, so not that's, just, not that's, just something. everyone will that's have actually everything will have. That's actually Alex. That's actually a great example of how to deconstruct a logical argument because you already prove that the premise is incorrect. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't even, it's, it's a, false it, a priori, it doesn't even matter what the conclusion women, is well, women based will on have, that premise yeah. because you've invalidated the premise. You don't even need to look at the rest of the yeah. argument. First of all, women will have in paradise whatever gives them absolute highest uh, elation and joy, just like men will. All that we know is that Allah has given us examples of what these things are and they're just symbols because nothing in the afterlife is at all like the uh, things the that we know. It's un, it's yeah, it's unfathomable to the human mind. So these are just hints, you know, rivers flowing, trees, right. trees with fruits, giant castles. All of these things are just symbols that uh, they're not. It's not to minimize them at all. But these are sim. This is symbolism that, that Allah has given us so that you right. could understand that yeah. there's something tremendous coming. Ibn, right? Ibn Abbas said, "When you uh, there's one link enough that you recognize." what that thing is yeah right and that's some of the things in right. paradise like some of the things you'll say oh yeah, yeah we had something similar yeah. to that right but and, and, that's and, only some and by the, the way so and, i'll give you yeah. so when people read about castles and there's all there's there's a hadith too if you you know do x thing you'll have you know this giant yeah, or yes. these many match i personally am not a big fan of big house i don't care they don't make me ha like if i inherited a giant mansion i'd sell it yeah. i would, you know, would never want to live there in the first place so that is not it's not appealing to me right so some things that Allah puts in there are appealing to some people and some to others. And for right. men, he gave us something that's almost universally appealing. Amazing, beautiful women, the likes of which you can't even imagine for exclusively for you in paradise. This is among the rewards for the for the true believers. And that's it. One of the wisdoms. It's just yeah. one of the things that's mentioned. But go, even it's not an exhaustive list, you know. It's no, not. by the way, one of the wisdoms behind that is that uh, one of the ulama wrote that the desires of men tend to be consistent mm -hmm. whereas the desires of women tend to be variegated yeah so they cannot be summed up into one or two or three sentences right. actually for the men really it's summed in one right <laughs> <laughs> that's the one carrot that's yeah. uh, moving him but right so. but again going back to like the logical breakdown of of that statement that you said Moine, right right like because of this perceived inequity Allah is unjust, right? So the thing is that the statement itself, right? God is unjust. Presupposes that A, God exists, right? By saying that that A is B, you are saying A first, right? And because you're saying that, right? Going back to the, the, the point around definitions, you have some definition of A, right? You have some definition of God. And based on you know, how, how we understand it, right? We, we, we define Allah as having these attributes as, as creating the universe, as essentially even the concept of justice is from God. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, it's a logical impossibility that God can be unjust, exactly. right? So there's multiple problems with that statement yeah. already, right? If you break it down. Absolutely. And, and, and just to just to look at those things critically from a logical perspective, I think you would you would quickly find why it, it kind of breaks apart. And I think if that's something that 
that could be understood, then then it's it's trivial to dismiss those kinds of statements because it's it's it it really it really comes from an ignorance of how to construct a rational argument. Yeah. It also comes from internalized uh, biases. No, internalized like what oppression. Right. Uh, and I'll tell you what's why. what's justice and what's not. Right. Like what what is the goal is to. So this is something that uh, Imam Zaid talked about in his in his in his recent khutbah that got pulled from YouTube repeatedly. Like three times. Still up on SoundCloud. <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of the things that he touched upon, which is perfect logical argument, if patriarchy is the problem, why are you always defining the solution in terms of in patriarchal terms? So like this argument, oh, men are promised a bunch of uh, uh, the Hurain, right? And women aren't promised something similar. So are you saying that what you want is a bunch of dudes? Yeah. Like, is this what is this what motivates you in this life and in the next? Is this what you're telling me? No. You're just seeking to... What, you sh- what that woman like that should be arguing is... Allah right? Something like women were promised this and men should be promised this as well or something to that effect, right? If, if they're looking for that egalitarian argument, which I, it's not acceptable and there's other problems with it, but it's always defined by what the men are, right? Yeah. So like when we... Framed when, in those terms. Yeah even, yeah, even even if you look at Western feminism, right? Do women want more men to be... Uh, and some will be, oh yeah, we do. But honestly, are, is, is the big campaign for women, for men to be more like women or for women to have what men have? Mm-hmm. It's the it's the it's the sign it's the it's the signpost it's the it's the standard yeah, yeah. exactly the, the standard is manhood right Correct. and why yeah right. why aren't you happy and and I don't mean this in the wrong way I mean this in in the in the best of ways why aren't you happy the way that Allah created you as a woman yeah. I'll give you tremendous blessings that men don't have they're not better or worse they're just different and you have to understand the complementary nature of this you can't always be going so the point one of the examples Imam Zaid gives is. So women, women wear pants. It's not like here, men, you should start wearing dresses. Yeah. It's women should also be able to wear pants. Yeah. Pants, are pants more comfortable? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's the standard? By the way, you know who's more uncomfortable at work? I am. I'm way more uncomfortable at work than the, than the women that I work with. The women that I work with have a wider variety of what they can wear. In the summer, they're much more comfortable. Mm-hmm. In the winter, they can wear more comfortable things. I have to always wear a shirt with a collar and a tie choking me whether it's yeah. super hot. And, and that shirt is gone by 3 o'clock. It's already black around the collar. Sure. And it costs you $2 to get it washed. And How does this make any <laughs> sense? When it's super cold, I still have to wear dress pants, which yeah. are not keeping me w- yeah. warm at all. Where women can wear like thick pants and, and tights with skirts and t- boots and whatever, right? You, so my only point in that is that you make the argument for the standard, but you never ask for men to be more like women. Yeah. Right. And have the some only, self-respect. The only standard... Or the only thing that we a person has to say to clarify for some people who might not know, is the only thing that makes any sense is many times a lot of maybe young women imagine, right? When you say women to be like women, they have a false understanding of that. Mm-hmm. They may think what you mean is that she should be uneducated, cooking, and all that, right? That's that's the first. Usually, most people who come in with this approach. It's that misunderstanding. They think that 1950s America, right, that definition of women is all religion's vision of women and Islam's vision of women. Yeah, exactly. But we have to say that that's actually not the case. Yeah. Right? And a a sister once uh, brought me a question and said um, about this idea that all men had this bias toward, all the scholars had a bias towards women. I said, listen, I take it. Take all your knowledge from Sayyidah Aisha. You won't finish. 
Go get her, go get her musnad, right? And study it. You won't, you'll spend your whole lifetime studying it. If, it's, if you reach the point to say that, listen, I don't want to hear, hear from any man, which is right, ridiculous. ridiculous to begin with, right? All right, we'll say you still, you're still going to have Islam, right? Because you have Sayyidah Aisha. It's not like you're, there's no rule that any man has put up that you can't find in her scholarship and in the scholarship of many other women. Right. That's a, that's a funny thing that you mentioned about like, hey, I'm not going to listen to any 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 man. Yeah. The thing is, do you have parents? Right? It's like, were you raised by those parents? Professors, yeah. teachers, teachers. Like at police. some point, right. things that you know and things that you have internalized, you got from both men and women. I made this argument in high school, but no way, I made an argument like this in high school. Some girl, when I was like 14, she yeah. was like, I'm never going to take a man's name when I get married. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, whatever, right? Yeah. But you already have a man's name. <laughs> so you have your father's name. Yeah. So yeah. Well, that's when the whole Me yeah. Too thing was really on fire. One woman posted, all men are abusers yeah. of some way, shape, or form. Oh. Right. And then Alex <laughs> wrote, he had a, in his anonymous uh, Facebook, he said, man, all your dads are abusers? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, I it was my, I had my name you on know, it. <laughs> and, and not to like get on our usual train here, but like, it, it really seems like these are emotional arguments, right? <laughs> like they're not yeah. rational arguments, right? Because rationally, then rationally, you can deconstruct them very quickly, right? Like Alex was saying, like, hey, you've you got parents, you've got a father, right? Your father's last name is your last name as well, right? So already it's, it's logically that statement that you said is wrong. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so Western feminism's <laughs> illogic. Yep. Aside. So before we go on to the feminism tangent, um, uh, now, one thing now I'd like to come in terms of back to logic before we move to the Kalam argument is uh, some, somebody asked, a couple people asked me uh, on the Stories of the Olia podcast, I, I, bought a, I brought up the topic of the irrational versus the rational. Uh, and, and a lot of people thought, you know, a little bit of it was, was kind of confusing. Um, so... There is a difference between something being possible and you've never seen it Correct. versus being completely irrational. And Correct. It's not possible. It's impossible. So yeah. the example I gave was that uh, something that is possible is let's say I was walking near a stream. Yeah. Right. And while I was walking near that stream, I had a needle in my hand. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I had the needle, I accidentally dropped it into the stream. Yeah. And, you know, I then said to the stream, you know, return me my needle. Mm-hmm. And then at which point, you know, a thousand fish emerge from the sea yeah. with a thousand golden needles yeah. in their mouths. I have a po- add on point right. after what you're... a thousand golden needles in their mouths. Right. And then uh, I say, no, no, I don't want that. I don't want the golden needle. I want my needle. Yeah. Right. At the, at which point, you know, uh, the. Were you reading the noon in Masri? <laughs> so, so I was going to say that not only was yeah. so, uh, so not so. Then I say to the fish, fish, you know, Brent, I don't want that that needle. I want the gold. I want my needle. I don't want the yeah. golden one. So then a, a, a fish emerges with the needle in my in its mouth, and then I take the needle. Right. And this, this is a this is not only a possible story. It actually happened. Right. Uh, I say I think it was Hassan al-Basri. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, the person, and then you know that's an example I gave of something being possible, yeah. even though you know you may have not seen it. Yeah. Now I'm going to explain that because the, there's a, there's an opposite thing, which is something that is totally irrational and impossible. Which is if you had something be a square, yeah. right? Can I now make that square into a triangle while still being a square at the same? 
time. In 2018, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, Here, here's, here's, here's the, the, that, that, like, anic- the story that you just mentioned. The question that I would pose to, p- to people is that if you, <laughs> if you rationally arrive at God exists, right, and that he has these attributes and then he could do X, Y, and Z, Right. And 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 this is something that you've rationally arrived at. Right. Logically, you're like, okay, this makes sense. This rationally follows that God exists. He has he can he can do all these things. He can perform miracles, all of this stuff. Then that stuff no longer is irrational. Right. The, the things right. that you describe are no longer irrational. Correct, yeah. Right. And so you don't need to prove that those things are rational you if you've said. already defined the universe in which that's yeah. possible Correct. to begin with. Yeah. Exactly. So in that regards. So a very, you know, um, um, you know, and um, a powerful right. God, a powerful being, you know, who had powers to be able to do this could, in theory, yeah. bring these fish right. out from the sea. And, and, you know, it happened. Right. Yeah. So we believe in this. Karama. Right. Yeah. So whereas there are certain things which are rationally absurd mm-hmm. and impossible. Right. Such as an object being up and down. At the exact same time, yeah. that don't would get be quant- don't get yeah. quantum on us. No, no, no. But you, you <laughs> know, preg- preg- if you define up, if you define right. up as the opposite of down, and you say yeah. this thing is yeah. has both states, then yes. Or as Dr. Shetty just impossible. said, pregnant and also not pregnant. Right. Yeah, exactly. Either exactly. are or you are. So, so you, yeah. even if a being was all powerful, even if you had the power, nobody right. can have the power to make something up while being down. At the same time, it's rationally impossible. Well, yeah, it's not a matter of power; it's yeah. a matter of the fact that it's just not. The definitions don't even coincide, and for and, it to be possible, it's like Alex's dog cat license thing yeah. earlier. It's like, well, the, the, they're not the same thing, and you're making them be the same thing. Well, see, the, I think the problem arises, and the, the reason that people fall into this problem is that they they haven't come. So you said, if you accept, if you come to the belief that all a God exists, right. rational belief, right? And it is a rational belief. You come to that belief through reason. Then it follows that these things right. are problems. But the problem is people don't come to believe rationally. They come to believe because right. they inherited it or because it seemed like Look, a cool group to, dro- to th- join. And they haven't studied Akiva yeah. and they haven't studied it in a, in a rational and a logical and a systematic way. And that leads to problems down the road with yes. Furua because right. they haven't addressed the Usul. Yeah, correct. And that's why all of us, I think, are right. uh, all over America are talking about we got to return to teaching basic aqidah again and what you have just been talking about to put it into two simple words the first word is al-qudra in uh, theology and about one-fifth of the tahawiyah is about al-qudra like allah's power right right that and that's allows for all of these things to happen and the first proof of it is existence to begin with because all of existence must have had that first moment of beginning, right? Right. And how if you if you're having trouble with a miracle, okay, how did Jesus was born without a father, or how could mm-hmm. uh, these things happen, right? Or how could there be unseen things called jinns and angels and return yep. of Christ? Well, wait a second. How could existence happen? Period. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> because I mean, that didn't have a cause honestly. If if those are the questions floating around, then at that point you're you're wondering whether your definition of God is even valid, is even correct, Correct. right? At which point, then that's a different question. That's a big danger. That's a danger. That's the danger of not doing this correctly. Because you're you're essentially saying, how could this happen? Well, that means that you, you, 
don't you don't believe in God in the way That's that you're true. defining yeah this you know what <laughs> let's take it out of the realm of uh, aqidah and right hence kufr and iman right <laughs> let's take it to fiqh which yeah. has the same uh, division of categories right so you have usul and you have furu mm-hmm. the 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 method the methodology of the rival and then you have the actual rulings right so someone could make a mistake or could find a ruling ridiculous or could be like i don't i can't accept that that's a fiqh ruling the only reason that happens is because you don't know the usul behind it Mm because if you understood the methodology of deriving the ruling you might be like okay it makes sense like even for madhabs that i don't follow so if there's a ruling i might not follow that ruling but because i don't i don't adhere to that usul i have a different usul right so something we mentioned in the last podcast. So in the Shafi'i school, and it's no there's no denigration to the Shafi'i school, a mere coincidental brushing of skin to skin between a man and an unmarriageable woman, a marriageable woman, results in his wudu breaking, and he has to remake his wudu. It's incidental. It was unintentional. But this is from the re- and you. If somebody goes, oh, that's ridiculous. Well, it's not ridiculous because in the in Imam Shafi'i's methodology, it makes perfect sense. And I guarantee you that if you take that methodology and follow that line through, you're going to come upon a ruling that you really like as exactly. well. Exactly. And that you go, oh, that makes perfect sense. Exactly. Right? Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Exactly. But it's within the same, it's within the same methodological system. So therefore, system. if you really like that ruling, then what do you think of the methodology? You right. like that methodology. Right. So, you, so the method is rational and is not emotional or whimsical. And therefore, that's one of the great uh, wisdoms, the idea of the madhahib and studying usul and just picking one usul and sticking with it because... Are you going to use reason to make your methodology or is your whims and desire right. what you like now at this moment going to be your method? Right. Yeah. Like I follow the method. That, that's the theme for art, like uh, making arguments, right? Rational arguments. Are you going to let your like your emotional state factor into it and ignore the reason behind it? Correct. Then it's then then you're entering into an illogical you know behavior any any pattern of of thought any of the movement leaders or imams who approach this fiqh in this manner and say well let's just take this ruling let's take that that ruling right i would say to them you're going to die out your movement will die out and you're not going to be remembered for the simple reason that you can't encapsulate that in a principle that can go through thick and thin over time correct right whereas if you look at any internally consistent correct that you can pass on to the next generation, it, irrespective of moods, what's hip, what's cool, what's not, reason cuts through all that. Right. So if we got usul and said this is the usul, whether we like it or not, this is what we agreed upon, what is reasonable, what is making sense, and what is a, uh, has a consensus on it, right? then whether or not it's fashionable, not fashionable, whatever it is, you can pass on rational arguments that's correct right. you cannot pass on moods trends right. and things like that so you right. know one of the things that sold me on the Maliki Madhab is the usul of it obviously was the ruling on uh, wiping over socks yeah right so as you see every Madhab has their own ruling and so I was like why are they so different and I looked at the usul in the books as much as I could access and I came across the usul of Imam Malik on this and I was like well wow yeah. <laughs> right it was really impressive and I said okay yeah. I'm, I'm sold what did you What did you read? Which uh, book did you read? I don't want to become go on this tangent. All uh, it's not. It's not going to be long. They're going to feel left out. So I don't, I don't remember the. I don't remember which where I found it. Um, but it basically explained that the the in Malik Susul when something is uh, uh, ordered in the Quran, there's a hadith that abrogates it, 
you can only take that abrogation as it was done. You can't then uh, you can't then analogize from that to other things because it's already a, a hadith that's abrogating a Quranic verse. Oh, so you don't analogize on an abrogation, right? You can analogize on a principle, but not but on not an, not an, an abrogation, right? And so khuf so is an as as an exception. It's an exception. Yeah. It's an it's an it's an it's not an abrogation. It's an exception. Yeah. Uh, so Allah says commands wash the feet. Yeah. The wiping over khufain is uh, it's an exception to that. You can't yeah. then keep going with it. You have no right. So la qiyas ala taqsis. Exactly. So something is taqsis is an exception. You don't make a qiyas on an exception. Because it's true, mas'al khufain is an exception. It's an exception. It's not a principle. And so when, when we get an exception from Rasulullah sallallahu yeah. alayhi wa sallam, we take it how he gave it yeah. and we don't do anything else to it. We don't adjust it. Yeah. It, so that's why we don't, that's why we have, it has to be, the, it has to be leather. And then on top of that has to be the we have for the other principle that yeah. tanning doesn't make it pure yeah. in that sense. So now I want to go back to Dr. Chetty. You mentioned two terms. The first was Qudra, which is power, and then the other one. Now the other one, because you were what you're you were talking about two different things. The other one to encapsulate it in a phrase really quickly is the principle of non contradiction. Hmm. So explain so, that. Th so many people confuse right, Allah's ability with to extend into the principle of non-contradiction. Many people confuse this, right? So, example. Uh, example. So when we say Allah is the, the one who, uh, the, what you said, this, the square triangle. Right. Can Allah create a square triangle? Now, s some people will say, well, out of faith, I have to say yes, mm -hmm. right? But we say Allah is capable of all things. Not contradictions are no longer things have yeah. exited mm -hmm. the realm of things. Right. So that's why something that is uh, rationally impossible. Right. Okay. Muhal uh, aqlan uh, is no longer even but, a thing. It's not a thing. It's just a it, bunch of words. This was Sheikh Nur says about. It's essentially saying, like, <laughs> in order for a tri like in the triangle circle example, right? Yeah. In order for a triangle to be a circle or vice versa, you are either adjusting the definition of a triangle to coincide with the definition of a circle, mm -hmm. or you're adjusting the definition of a circle to coincide with the definition of a triangle. Correct. In which case you're either saying, can a triangle be a triangle or can a circle <laughs> be a circle? Those, that's essentially well, what you're yeah, saying. Yes, exactly. So what I was going to say, the way Shane answers that question, can you make a square circle or whatever, right. is something uh, like, you're not even asking a question. It's yeah. just a jumble of words. It's just it's a meaningless. What you've asked is meaningless. So don't. There's no answer to your yeah. meaningless yeah. jumble it's, of words. It's, it's either a tautology or just a semantic, yeah. semantic nonsense. Yeah. That's, what, yeah. it That's it what it is. Right, and 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 it goes to the same. You know, since we're on the topic, we might as well uh, bring it up. It's the same reason. You know why you know Allah can't be in a place, right? You mm -hmm. know, uh, uh, to this has been an age-old. You know question that that has caused issues in, in the ummah but you know it's the same argument you know somebody asked you know uh is allah in the universe or separate from the universe mm -hmm. you know and it's because this is this is the same issue it's like asking a rational like an like an absurd you know question because allah is not bound yeah. by space or time it's like asking what came before allah it's, yeah. it's, it's right. a rationally yeah. impossible and concept let me tell you what the many of people argue against they'll argue back and I had a uh, debates with, I have this uh, debate with a brother. I think he's in Kuwait or it's a good time to talk about every Kalam. single <laughs> year, at least once on the subject. <laughs> so his argument is you are trying to take your rational principles and applying them to God. I say, no, 
the Quran and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have already affirmed these rational principles. Right. Mm -hmm. And he is speaking to us on the basis of these rational principles. And how many times when he says, Allah, we're not saying our norms, we're taking logical principles, right? And we are using language and Allah is not playing tricks on us and language. The language that he brings us is language we know because Allah says he made this book clear, right? In a Arabic tongue. That means every word in this book, I can go back to the Arabs and get a list of meanings, right? There is no hidden, there's no secret meaning, right? Uh, there's no possible, because what, what they're going to tell us is that there are attributes, but when it comes to Allah, it's that attribute, and at the same time, it's transcendent, right? Mm -hmm. So we, like a hand or eye or something like this, yes, it is that, however, in a different way. So I'm saying the definition of what you're saying is a limb. It's a part. And God cannot have parts. And then you tell me it's a part, but one at the same time. I mean, that, right? that, that's rationally absurd in and of itself, right? So I had to go and try. My, what I realized is what I have to get back to with, those, with that brother, and I don't think it's going to happen because he's very, like, they're firm in their position, is that, Rational principles, are they established in the Qur'an, yes or no, right? And one of the best ways to approach this is to say, if I ask you the question of can God lift a rock that he can't, can create a rock that he can't build, you need to answer that question. That's actually, practically speaking, you need to answer that for the many Muslims who ask that question, right? Because I was at, saw that in a philosophy class, and I need to know an answer. So you're the sheikh. I'm coming to you as the sheikh. Give me an answer. So you practically have to The only way... To answer that question is through the principle that there are rational impossibilities. Right. I asked right. uh, Salafi Sheikh yeah. and PhD. Um, I said, and I was his student literally, yeah. and I said to him, "Listen, Allah, we accept the Hadith. Allah descends to the, the in the last third of the night descends to the lowest heaven, receives our dot." Right? I said, "We know that the." That because of the nature of the sun, etc., right? It's always the last third of the night. Mm -hmm. So somewhere. You, somewhere on earth, it's always the last third of the night somewhere. Mm -hmm. Are you telling me that Allah is just permanently in the lowest heaven? And his answer was, you're the one that's limiting Allah. So, subhanAllah, <laughs> that's what I'm telling you. I said, uh, so I tell you that, brother, then therefore you must believe in a square triangle. Yeah. That That is right? a perfect example mm -hmm. of a straw man. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which is, you know, a straw man is, is, is you know, building a, a, a an argument up that is not, you know, yeah. you know, it, representative, it's not yeah. representative the of the original. Or take yeah. the, or you can either do that or you can take the explanation of the Salaf that Allah's mercy. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's all I mean. It means get up at this time yeah. because Allah, Allah is receiving your dua and answering them at this time because of the dedication that it takes to rise up in that last yeah. third. Like, come on, and man. The biggest but you critique. want to talk about literally descending yeah, into the yeah. Allah is The biggest critique against uh, against for this by the ulama is that all of these hadith and ayat, they're actually pointing to something moral, mm -hmm. not theological. Like Allah descends to the last third of the night. The commentary on this should be about the power of tahajjud. Right. Yeah. Right. Not about this theological point. So when Allah says about them, uh, in their hearts is zayr. There's zayr in their hearts. The zayr is, oh, you have this beautiful hadith. Why have you turned to that word right. and you want to write a book on that word? Right. Rather, you should be about tahajjud. Yeah. The yeah. power of tahajjud. 
I'm right? giving I'm giving a chutzpah next Friday, which that's is going to be that's the significance of it. That's the significance of it. Yeah. Which is this, the 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 Israel Mirage. Yeah. Right. To little kids. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to talk about the details of theology. See how how yeah. the, how the prophet was in the presence of Allah. The, the theological stuff I'm yeah. going to leave out. What I'm going to tell him is, this is the only command that Allah gave in this manner. Brought the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to him to say the Salah. So pray because look how important it is. And the Tahiyat, when the reason they say it's the Mi'raj of the Mu'min is because the words of the Tahiyat, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> are the words that the, what the Prophet uttered Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam at the moment when he was in right. front of, uh, when he was in the divine presence, that's what he uttered. So when we say our tahiyat, uh, that's what we should be pondering and thinking about, because that's our what they say. Salat mi'rajul mu'min is like your mi'raj in your sajda and in your tahiyya is mimicking that moment. Yeah, and and uh, if if the last like ten minutes you know was confusing to anybody in terms of the whole Salafi debate, which is you know. Uh, it boils down to the question, the sim, a similar question to you know the circle square argument. You know, the, asking the question: Can Allah is is Allah everywhere? Is Allah with us? Is Allah not with us? When you use the word "with" or "is Allah in," yeah. you're <laughs> implying by definition the you know property or the element of space. Yeah, it, it's right? a limitation, and mm-hmm. Allah is al ghani. Yeah, yeah. So this is the over. most important thing. Yeah. Right, and it's understanding the definition of in. Yeah. Right, when you say right. Allah, Allah is in the universe, or Allah is separate from the universe, yeah. or Allah is not separate from the universe. The word separation is a is a quality of space, mm-hmm. as right. as you know the word before or after is a yeah. quality of time. And right. that's right. why the theologian said Allah is neither attached to His creation nor separate from it. Because if you say separate, you're also implying a spatiality, right? Exactly. Allah is Allah. He is as he yeah. was and always yeah. will be. And this right. fra- this word al-ghani is mentioned 17 times in the Quran, right? So all over and over, he has no needs, right? Time, space, cause and effect and spatiality. And and uh, what we were saying with the, uh, uh, what you just said, that that Salafi Sheikh then is saying that you limiting Allah by this questioning of yours that you don't understand. Well, then, are you limiting him to create a rock that he can't lift? Yeah. Right? By that same logic, right. he should mm-hmm. not be limited mm-hmm. to make it. So, therefore, he's making himself not be God. Right. Exactly. He's putting himself outside well, of his existence. Well, what he's saying is, yeah. basically, what, what that argument... What you're saying is you define God as this, and then you're saying, can God do this thing that God can't do? Can negate do? himself. Yeah, can it's, it's, that will yeah. negate the property yeah. of him being it's, God. It's this really, wor- <laughs> it's this really weird position to be taken which is like we're going to be super literal and also deny the the, the existence of rational impossibilities yeah. Yeah. so you're taking the most like basic literal word uh, yeah. definition and reading of everything exactly as it and at the same time you're going way left field into rational impossibilities are acceptable yeah and, and <laughs> like, it's the worst com- it's the craziest combination and, I've ever the, seen and the funny life. thing is that, that that same culture pretty much Denies all the karamat too. Like they believe in theory in karamats, but you actually give them a karama of a wali and they're going to get engaged. They like, they're like That's stories though. Yeah. <laughs> now but here's... Who doesn't? Yeah. Who, here, here's the point though, is that... Uh, what was my train of thought there? 
What, what did you just say? I said, uh, it, it, said it's a it's an odd it's an odd it's a diametrically opposed position. You're a super literalist, but also you accept every rational impossibility yeah. that supports your argument. Yeah, and and I was just saying that based on those principles, one. Oh, the point of what I was saying is the reason that you have to have a strong foundational uh, aqidah on these matters is that you're going to get people who are going to really push the envelope. And I'm waiting for one of these days for one of these people to ask, can God remove himself from his own existence? <laughs> right? That is rationally just ridiculous. Now, it's impossible. Now right? you, you mentioned that, yeah. actually. Now let's... By that usul. I want, I want an answer by those usul that you just said. Okay, I'm, I'm telling you he's, gonna, he's descending. And at every minute on the earth, it's, one, it's the last third of the night somewhere. So are you then telling me the action of descent is infinitely happening? How is that happening, right? So by and the answer is well, you're de, 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 uh, denying the power of Allah. So I'm gonna a kafir, some kafir kid is gonna come and say, well, can your God remove Himself from His existence, right? <laughs> just wrapping my head right? around how ridiculous that question is. It's ri- it's this ri- is where a lot of kufr comes from, though. Kufr, yeah. But the, um, the theologians. They like like the air the airlines. They make rules, policies. They build things for the one time that there was an accident, right? Mm. So that no one else dies. Theologians make establish the principles, and they make they do their studies for the one time in a million, because that one person may end up pulling a hundred thousand other people into kufr, right? So that on the, on those usul, we want to know what what is the answer, right? Here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw something in here. It's, it, it goes to show the problem of lacking rational thinking in theology. Yeah. God creates the world. Someone cr- commits a sin. That sin attaches to all of his descendants forever. Whatever. God wants to forgive all of those descendants across the board. How? By experiencing the suffering of mankind, mm-hmm. being killed for it. Reviving himself. This is Easter Sunday, after yeah. all, this weekend. Being revived and then going up to heaven. And then only those who believe in all of this mm-hmm. will be the ones that are saved. Yeah. So God, who created everything, couldn't just forgive people? It's, without, it's outside of his power? And his forgiveness is contingent upon his suffering and therefore understanding what man's suffering mm-hmm. is like? Allah yeah. created you in every way that you know how to experience anything. He can't understand it until he experiences it with a flesh and blood body and this almost this a tremendous act of mercy which is the way that it's categorized right oh it's so merciful he 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 experienced what we experienced the tremendous love and mercy of this right uh-huh. except that if you were born before that too bad if you were born in 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 the west out in this part of the world before they came conquered and raped and slaughtered your people too bad and, and there's a, there's a <laughs> what, lot of what kind of what is this? There's a lot of uh, free will and agencies taken away. So on the first hand, we're all guilty for no reason. On the second hand, yeah. we're getting forgiven for doing nothing either. There's, right? Think that God that. is totally unjust, and that's why they don't believe in Him. Yeah. Right. That's why the more they think, the more they reject Him. Because firstly, okay, original sin. All right. So I'm guilty. I've done nothing. Right. And now, His slaughter's only son. I'm innocent. I have also done nothing, right? Yeah. I didn't do anything to earn my 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 guilt, guilt or innocence or free free myself from my sin. Right? And an so accident of birth and an accident of birth could determine like a billion people in India. Too yeah. bad. 
You were born, yeah. you didn't hear about it. You live yeah. in a village, you've never heard of a TV or a radio yeah. or whatever. For for two thousand years, mm. maybe there, maybe there's technology, but for the first two thousand years, all of the population of Asia, India, Africa, most of Southern Africa, uh, North and South America, all those people condemned yeah. to hell by an accident of birth, a coincidence, because the radio wasn't invented yet or something. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Right now, let me bring up two points here, and the one is to be fair. I'm gonna what I know from the Hanbali principles. It, to answer their the question that I challenge that I put forth is that by their logic of you're limiting God's descent, then someone's going to ask another question that's like ridiculous, like can God remove himself? I'm going to tell you what they're going to say. They're going to say that they only talk about uh, Allah's capable of all things on things that he said. That he said. So, right. So that's to be fair to them, right? That that's yeah, going to be the answer. This, Allah yeah, said Allah this. made that statement. Therefore, whether it seems mutually exclusive to your brain, you got to override your reason on that matter. So they will override the principle of non-contradiction on the apparent meaning of God's word, right? Even right. if it's absurd. Yes, even if it's a not a contradiction. Even if it's a, a linguistic contradiction. contradiction. Even, even if that will would make it makes more sense, doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. So another the second thing I wanted is to answer this question for maybe it's lingering in some people's minds, right? The answer to the question of if some atheist kid comes and tries to say, well, can your God remove himself from his existence? Right? The answer to that is the first, the minute he said, God, the implication is, will exist forever. Right. right? The instant you said Allah, his name, it means will exist forever. So right? no. So the answer Basically. is Basically. No. Right? Because we're not talking Zeus. Mm -hmm. We're talking our conception of God. Right. Exactly. If you want to come with your conception of exactly. something different, yes. that's something that's, I don't believe in. Well, that's the importance of terms, right? Like, yeah. So you basically can, definition can of God is different. Exactly. And, and yeah. you can't take something out of existence that never came into existence. Correct. Allah has that's always true. been in existence. So all of that is when you even, utter even the word. always doesn't yeah. apply. It always doesn't even doesn't apply, apply because that's a, that's a definition of time. Time is yeah. one of Allah's creations. So right. when Allah is not contained by any of his creations. Yeah. So once time. someone utters the word Allah, it implies all of that. And therefore, I think Islam in America and on the West, we really, all of us, Salafis, uh, Sunnis, Ash'aris, all of all these groups, because by the way, we, we, we talk about the selfies a lot on this one issue, but by the way, it's probably the only issue we differ on, right? Maybe two other issues, right? Because otherwise, these brothers are fighting for the same things we're fighting for. Also, right? we're about to witness in the lens of the of of the Haramein mm -hmm. what happens when the selfies uh -huh. aren't running around anymore. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There's going to be a day. We're already saying, man. We, we gotta deal with these I know, man. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather have to quarrel with a Salafi all night than with a millennial who's. Well, wait, I have a theory, and uh, it's probably not for the podcast. But do you know that up, up until recent? No, I'm not going to say the theory. But you know that up until re up until not that long ago, um, at, at in in uh, in Masjid Nabawi, mm -hmm. when you went to the Rolda, the, there was no, it was like the Kaaba, no separation between men and women. There wasn't mm. like, now there's a, there's periods throughout the day when women are allowed into the Rolda and it causes a disaster. Mm. It used to be like, just like, uh, just like, uh, Mecca. Yeah. yeah. You come in, anyone can go, anyone can go in and out. Right. There's no, none of that. Let's you only women only have this period yeah. to make tawaf. Right. Um, that changed not that long ago. Mm. So, yeah. so now you uh, make the strictness seem now worse. Now that we've, uh, hopefully, yeah. you know, we remove it. Hopefully we've now set up a foundation of, you know, logical principles. And, you know, if if A is true and B is true and, 
you know, an A implies C, therefore B must imply C. If A yes. if A equals B and B equals A and A equals C, then therefore B equals C, right? Yeah. We, mm -hmm. This is a very basic logical principle. Now that we've set this up, right, I want to now discuss the Kalam cosmological argument because we kind of just did discuss Kalam, yeah. right? Uh, and yeah, I know Alex is looking at well, his Well, didn't we cover it last week? Uh, I don't think it's so. The, the um, creation of the universe. <laughs> so, uh, the creation of the universe. Right? Uh, it, in, in, it, can, it can be done quickly. In, in my defense, yeah. um, I just want to say one what's thing. What's his face does it in 25 minutes? Who's um, what's his face? Sorts? Um, William, no, William no, no. Lane Craig. William Lane Craig does it in 25 minutes. Well, he does his version. Yeah. Well, he, but he wrote like you know. He, his <laughs> version is just he took Ghazali's version and he was like, okay, yeah. I let, found let this. me. I mean, that, uh, to his credit, he even calls it the Kalam theological yeah, argument. Yeah. He gives credit where yeah, credit he is. Does. Due. He, he, does, he does. He does. Now. Uh, Dr. Shea, that you want to explain? No, it, uh, Alex is going to explain it, but I'm just going to put out. <laughs> I'm just going to put out an olive branch uh, to those brothers and say, look, look, if um, I, I'm really wondering if any, the, the, yeah, like, <laughs> if any of the Ash'aris have commented on what is acceptable of Hanbali, the, the Hanbali approach on this, because I'm seeing that a lot of the American Salafis are no longer really that type of Salafi. They're really becoming Hanbalis again, right? Alhamdulillah. And uh, because that, just to bring peace to the situation, because I feel like like all the, we, we do bring this issue up a lot because it's part of our aqidah, right? But at the same time, I do want to give a, a room there that uh, there could be okay, ways that they express themselves that are not the ways of the Wahhabis of the past that are completely unacceptable, completely right. anthropomorphic, right? right? Uh, so I'm just saying there's room for that. Therefore, there's no argument to be. And by the way, I don't think that they they are putting forth that aqidah anymore. They're not pushing it. I've, I haven't seen it. Have you seen it lately? So it's not maybe only in private. It's not just yeah, like, no, no, actually no. So it's not just Salafis calling themselves Atharis. No, no, no. There's, uh, there's they should say Hanbali because their approach is an opinion. It's not Athar. Just means. The sources. I mean, I guarantee right. you, there's people still walking around make, making takfir of other people. Of course, for sure, uh, amongst each other, amongst their own group. But yeah, it's not. It's not. It doesn't have. It doesn't carry the force because you know, as people read more, yeah. as people become more educated in the deen, it's kind of hard to support some of those arguments. Um, you, you know, Taqiyya uh, Dina Subki. He wrote a lot about Ibn Taymiyyah. I think you could, yeah. if you find his works, especially oh, in Arabic, mm -hmm. you might be able to get a good yeah. uh, syllabus of. You have a, you're gonna take a Subki, you're gonna take a Nawi and Ibn Hajab and a Siyuti. A Siyuti as well, yeah. On one scale, the game is over. I mean, well, right? They're not shaking with Islam. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Kalam okay. cosmological argument. Okay, yeah. God exists. <laughs> look, look around, son. Uh, so I'll break it. I'll break the three principles there down. You go. Thank you, you know, sir. Uh, so the the first principle is whatever begins to exist has a cause everything that has a beginning has a cause has a cause, a cause yeah. right so everything that has a beginning whether it's an idea even if it's immaterial it doesn't have to be material right so for example somebody would say you know like uh what about a you know an action yeah. an action still has a cause which is a yeah. thought a thought has another i want yeah an, go ahead another cause which is another thought so principle number one everything that has a beginning yeah must have a cause Bef before yep. you continue right i, I just want to point out that these are the premises that you can go from 
this, therefore this, therefore this, right? What you're pointing out. The premises themselves can be supported by what we know from other sources. sources. Observation. Observation. Yeah. So, so people might ask that first premise, right? Like, hey, you know, why does everything that has a beginning, why does everything that has a beginning need That's a cause? Why, why is that? Like, who said that? Well, everything that we know about how reality works, how the observable universe works, that's always the case, right? And and it becomes actually a logical absurdity if it's not the case, because then you have that problem of infinite regress, right? right. What, well, so ca comes what next, caused right. the cause, the cause, the cause, and right. now you go ahead. And now. so, like when you say <clears throat> whatever begins to exist has a cause, some people also use you know the the idea of things being in a vacuum, and then right. within a vacuum there are subatomic particles that can you know within appear. Those things. Uh, exist. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, if you ask a, a, any physicist, the idea of a vacuum is still within space. It's not within nothing, right? Like a vacuum yeah. is also yeah. like a, a, a flurry of like what electrons or whatever, right? Yeah. It's, it's still something, right? To say that, you know, something came from nothing, absolutely nothing, including space, time. A priori. Yeah. A, you know, that. so this is the first premise, right? That everything... Uh, so that begins to exist must have a cause. Good. So the second premise is the universe began to exist. The universe had a beginning. The yeah. universe had a beginning. And how do we know Somebody that might say, why? Why? Right? And is the universe eternal? Right. Exactly. And, you know, the, the carrot example that Saad gave last time yeah. is, 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 was a great example. If you have a room full of carrots... Right, and you told someone to go into the room and count the number of carrots. Mm -hmm. Right, um, that person would never come back. If the <laughs> if the if the carrots were infinite, if the they carrots were infinite, were infinite yeah. that person would never ever come back. Uh, another fantastic example is uh, the one I don't remember the exact name of the example, but it's it's having. Let's say you have an infinite number of rooms. Right, right in a hotel. Right, and within the hotel you have an infinite number of rooms, and then you take in an infinite number of guests, right? Now, when the infinite number of guests shows up, the first guest that shows up, what you do right. is you take the person in the first room and you move him to the second room. You take the person in the second room, you move him to the third mm -hmm. room, exactly. and vice versa, ad infinitum. Yep. Now, you, you, let's say that you have an infinite number of rooms in your hotel and an infinite number of rooms are full. Now, this, is, this, this point about them being That's full yeah. is... But it's also important, like the, this premise that all of the rooms are full, but there's an infinite number of rooms. So then a, 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 one person shows up to the hotel and says, I want a room. So the, you know, the, 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 the manager says, okay, great. I'll just move the person in room one to room two and the person in room two to room three, four, three to four, vice versa, ad infinitum. And now this, I've, I've added this one person into the hotel. Mm -hmm. Now an infinite number of people show up and I add an infinite number of people into the infinite number of rooms in a hotel that is already full, right? That's <laughs> impossible. Right. Yeah. So, you're, so the source here is logic. Right, correct. The source right. substantiating uh, argument number, principle number two is al -aql. And there's, yeah. there's one more argument to be made, right? Which is not part of, sorry, I'm, go on, because it's not part of it. No, no, no. So, so that's the second premise that we accept that the universe began to exist because yeah. it began to, we, and we, we know that it began to exist because like Saad explained in the last podcast, 
we exist, right? right? Therefore, it can't have gone on ad infinitum. It couldn't have gone into infinite regress. We believe it had a beginning. So, uh, by the way, in, in all the mind-bending movies, they use this idea. Like the, the mirrors, right? Yeah. Mirrors and, and two mirrors reflecting against one another. Forever. Forever. Right. You know, the, you know these mind-bending? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or like, like the circle that's... Inception uh, or whatever, right? Keep yeah. going. And, yeah. So, and, and the second premise is the universe began to exist. Therefore, the universe has a cause. Yeah. Yeah. Right? The first premise is whatever begins to exist has a cause. Two, the universe began to exist. And three, the universe, therefore, the universe must have a cause. Mm -hmm. Now, from that conclusion, we must say that whatever caused the universe, you know, couldn't have come to exist. Couldn't have began it must to be couldn't, outside of this it, whole thing. It right. must be outside of this whole thing. Right. What, beginning to exist. It has to be beginninglessly right. eternal. Exactly. Yeah. It must be beginninglessly eternal. It must be, you know, uh, without a cause. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's an uncaused cause, as they say. Correct. Uh, and that's really, the, in a nutshell, the Kalam cosmological yep. argument. And, and no matter what. Uh, I, I've seen of you know debates online, even nobody's, atheists, nobody's Sam Harris, dismantled Dawkins. They, these guys, what they do is they set up a straw man argument, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, then they correct. deconstruct the straw man. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. They don't actually deconstruct the correct yeah. argument. Yeah, they in order to of... disprove that, in order to disprove and invalidate that line of argumentation, you have to prove that A is false. And B is false, and or one of them. Yeah, or one of them, right? And or or and or, right? But what and, they do, what they actually, and so nobody actually addresses that point in the, in mm-hmm. debates that I've seen. Nobody ever looks at it and says, "Well, you know, everything that begins to exist doesn't need a cause." Like I've never heard anybody support that argument, right? <laughs> because it doesn't make sense. It's no. rationally absurd. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to tell you how most of these arguments go. They, you know, somehow try to deconstruct this argument of, you know, uh, everything beginning to exist. And then they'll say, you know, what? Well, you know, when there was nothing, you know, there were still subatomic particles. And then they, you know, uh, came into existence. That's already false. And, uh, and, and blah, 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 blah. God is evil. Right. No, no, no. no. <laughs> no, no. Let's, well, let's, let's, let's nip that at the bud, though. When there was nothing there was subatomic particles. So they're saying when there was nothing, there was something. Yeah. The end. So this is what are you saying? By the way, this is the way the debate works, right? (laughs) Uh, The atheist physicist will come to you and they'll go, I can, you tell them, show me how things begin from nothing. Right. And they'll go, or show me how things began then. I'll go, all right, so, We'll start with some atomic particles. No. Uh-oh. No. Yeah, exactly. No. Nothing. Started exactly. with something. Nothing. Show me where it comes from. Nothing. There's a joke about this. They say uh, a man came and he yeah. said, God, what's this? And he said, uh, mm-hmm. my creation. And he said, well, um, I could do, a easy, yeah. do the same thing. And he said, okay, go ahead. Uh, and then the man starts picking up some dirt. Yeah. Right. And then God says, "Whoa, go get your own dirt." Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly the argument. Well, right? they're, well they're already because they're filling nothing with something. Yeah. By the way, they're so, only taking it one link back. So right, the right. one argument I haven't seen, and I'm sure somebody came up with it because I'm, I'm I'm sure it's not original, but the one argument to make with these people, like if you ever put me in a room with any of these idiots, like Harris or Dawkins, we'll, we'll go to this right, and they'll say, "No, it's we believe like uh, what's that guy, Krauss." Yeah, Krauss yeah, goes. Oh, there it's possible that the universe can create itself because of right. you know this equilibrium of uh, dark and and dark energy or matter antimatter, whatever it is, right? 
fine. You believe in God. You just call him the universe and you yeah. think he's material. Yeah. yeah. But you believe in an uncaused cause. Right. That's true. Exactly. You believe in an uncaused, you believe yep. in a beginninglessly eternal yeah. entity that gives life to exactly. everything that is infinitely yeah. expanding the, that you can't see the end of because yeah. it's before anything can, Which, can be seen. And that's and the important thing to talk about when you, when you talk about this, the Kalam cosmological argument is that it doesn't prove the existence of any specific God yeah. or, or God. Yeah. Or, or a cause. It's or, just saying that there needs to be some uncaused yeah. cause so, to the universe. That's you believe in God and you yeah. believe in a silly God. How you exactly. arrive at the rest of it. That's, no, that's a different no, story. We have to that's take, the next episode. <laughs> well, we take it one step further. Now, if this causer or maker uh, is the cause of everything, right? Therefore he must have something superior than whatever exists here. Right? So, if we have knowledge and we have ability to uh, to see, therefore that create that creator must have that ability in a much greater capacity, right? Yeah. So in the terms of Krauss, his God is not conscious. It's an unconscious God. His this force that he's talking about is dumb, like Ebkem. It's, yeah. It does all, not talk. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. Uh, it's it's all it's all just coincidences and in in mistakes and accidents. So and, the mm-hmm. result is superior to the origin, mm-hmm. right? By the way, this thing about knowledge and have so, so this is a beautiful example. So we see a spectrum, right? Uh, red, orange, yellow, blue, indigo, violet, right? That's the spectrum we can see. Yeah. There's stuff that can see way more colors than that. Mm-hmm. So there's no way that man's knowledge, man's knowledge doesn't even encompass yeah. all of the colors that exist. I don't think exist. we can fathom any more colors than we already know. But they like, exist. Yeah, and yet they exist in the yeah. creatures on Earth that can see them. So our knowledge... Ultraviolet, infrared. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's, yeah. There's, 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 some, there's some sweet sea animals that see so many different shades of blue that this like wow. ridiculous. I, like 17 wow. of them. There, there's wow. also like a, a thing that like, you know, uh, my red isn't necessarily your red. Well, that's a whole other thing. Right, which is the red that I see isn't necessarily Relative. the same red that you see. The colors that I see, as a matter of fact, aren't the same colors. That you know, you if, you see. Homer, Which right? is, huh? if you read Homer, right? If you read Homer, one of the descriptions of the sea is that it was the color of wine. Really? Wow. Which there were no red, there was no purple, not like burgundy seas. It's just yeah. that they're, and also the sky, they call the sky a type of, a type of red, right? So it's, it's an argument that they might not, and it's not like they didn't have the cones and rods for it, but they just didn't have a conception of blue. Really? So they associated it with a red color. Yeah. That's so there's bizarre. like a whole concept. Uh, there's a really good. Like uh, there was no differentiation. They well, didn't blue differentiate. is the rarest they color in nature. Right. Yeah. Which is why everybody, everybody at this table is wearing a type of blue except yeah. Dr. Shetty. Right. Yeah. What is this? Na- this navy? Wait. No, it's black. Am yeah. I? It's I'm blue. not wearing anything blue. Yeah. Your shirt has blue squares on it. Or, or is that black? No, that's blue. I guess it's blue. Dark blue. It's like dark blue. Yeah, there's no blue animal, is there? Uh, uh, iguana whale. Only iguanas Well it's not really blue It's a type of green yeah. Blue whale like Aqua uh, yeah, blue, are, blue, are they really blue? No I don't think so No But there's no blue trees There's there. blueberries That's about it yeah. Blueberries yeah. And Blue maybe, is very maybe, rare in nature Yeah it's, one the, of, it's the rarest color in nature yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Interesting Funny funny thing you say that Because uh, I, ha- I hired it, The first designer That I ever hired To do a poster And he kept coming back With great posters But the colors were so horrible Right I said, man, can you redo these colors? He's like, oh, I never disclosed. I'm colorblind. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but back to this thing is that if you really want to know if a principle carries any weight, such as that things have to have causes, right? Yeah. Take it to the courts, right? Because when it really matters, when a principle really matters, it's applied to people's wealth. 
right? <laughs> right. <laughs> what applies to your wealth is really what it matters. So, so uh, uh, some money was disappeared from your bank account, right? Uh, no cause, right? So take it to the courts. That's one thing. The second clarification is when we talk about the cause, uh, thinking and using aql is never attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because thinking is an actual result of weakness, right? You only think because of lack of knowledge and you only have logical principles because of the possibility of falling into logical error. And of course, that is impossible from Allah. That's why you'll never find a description of Allah saying that he thinks, right? Or he's intelligent, right? Uh, that is mind-blowing. It just yeah. blew my mind. So, but you have knowledgeable and right. all knowledge. Subhanallah, subhanallah. Yeah. Um, so now, now that we've explained the Kalam argument... Um, and please, uh, like if you're listening... Like, this shouldn't be your aqidah education. No, get a <laughs> yeah. real one. Please, uh, yeah, no, like, this, no. this this, should, if you're unfamiliar with some of this stuff, this should be a signal that, look, I need to go and, like... Can we plug Can we plug the, the Tahawiyah class again? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Check out uh, Sheikh Hamza Makbul's uh, aqidah Tahawiyah class. I know it's up on SoundCloud. Um, and uh, Imam Ghazali Institute is, is, is hold, yeah. they hold like this, seminars as well. Sheikh Hamza Makbul is M A Q. B-U-L. 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 Yeah. But this is uh, some some really important foundational. It is. It's foundational. Pins. And yeah. and if you know you're listening and you find yourself like saying like, hey, I, I haven't heard of this or like I, I'm not familiar with this, do like seek out the resources yeah. to to understand this because this is really important. And, and and you know the the kind of basic overview that we've given here is is nowhere near exhaustive enough to yeah. to be a solid foundational understanding of oh of, the beauty of true scholarship and someone says how do we know a true scholar i said because he's in a network of other scholars that confirm one another so you have sheikh hamza makbuls uh you have if you're hamza in boston Karamali, i think we hamza mentioned Karamali yeah. on youtube uh his, his those videos i think they reach he's 40 now. seekers hub right yeah seekers hub uh you have if you're in the boston area sheikh yasir fahmi and then if you're in the dallas area yeah. you have sheikh um Mikhail smith Right. If yeah. you're in Canada, Sheikh Farhani in Toronto. Yep. Right. So you have your resources, Sheikh Ahmed Saad in, in Birmingham. Right. So you have your resources. And that's what yep. the true sign of, uh, of Sunnah is Jama'ah. Right. Mm. That right. the Sunnah is never going to be one guy bringing an idea from himself. That's actually a sign of bid'ah, right? of, of heresy. So the idea of Jama'ah is really important. So that you'll see, and each one will confirm the other. If, yeah. you're in Calif- if you're in California, you have yeah, uh, Sheikh Rami. Sh- Sheikh Rami and Sheikh Abdullah uh, bin Hamid Ali. Bin Hamid Ali. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Alex has mentioned this before, like on a previous podcast. I'm sure it's come up before. But but really, like understanding this stuff allows you to be supremely confident that what you believe in is rationally sound. Yeah. And it's not just something that... You know, nobody thought about it. And I don't know why yeah. I believe. I just kind of inherited right. this yeah. from, you know, my family or my culture or whatever it was. And, and I kind of abide by this because that type of uh, belief is the easiest to dismantle. Easy. Easy. Right. That's the easiest to challenge mm-hmm. the foundations of and, and not knowing the answer. Be like, well, you're right. Why do I believe in this? So that's why it's really important for that. And the, one of the most important things I think that we said uh, on this podcast was whenever people say a phrase like, if God did, or if as we say to them, listen, stop. As soon as you said the moment Allah, yeah. as, uh, as soon as the moment you said the name Allah, right? 
then you have implied infinite absolute justice and absolute benevolence. Right. Yeah. Right. You, you make assumptions like you're yep. making a yeah. priori assumption. Mm-hmm. And, and, right. and I'm going to yeah. make a statement that you have to understand that there's no conspiracy against Islam. All right. The people out here uh, are not trying to rid the world of Islam. It's Iblis is, and he may be whispering in influential people's uh, hearts. But that's not, there's no conspiracy of humans trying to denigrate and get the Muslims in that sense. However, people are upon kufr, right, of different types, but they're upon kufr and they want to feel justified because this is a natural human emotion. I, I don't want to feel like I'm wrong yes. and I don't want to feel yeah. like people think I'm wrong. And so when they attack religion, because that's one of the ways that they defend their own kufr that they like to have but don't want to feel guilty about or don't want to feel looked down upon by, is they attack the furu'a. Correct. So strengthen your strengthen your your roots mm-hmm. so that the branches are strong because they're going to attack the branches. Yeah. yeah. Right. And if you're hanging on a branch, they're going to it's you're you going to hang on a branch. Right. You're going to fall on the trunk. Right. So what they do is they say, oh, why does God care who you have sex with? Right. Yeah. yeah this is not the answer. This is not yeah. a question that even matters if yeah, you right. accept that Allah Exists. is Allah yep. and that he mm-hmm. gave us commands. Right. That question is stupid yep. at that yeah. point. Yeah. And you won't fall for that. To yeah. the point where, like, you know, sometimes go, uh, going along with that. Sorry, man, before I go. Go, like, you know, I, I've heard a lot. Right. Like during Ramadan. Right. Like if you'll get questions from people. Oh, like, why do you fast? You'll hear. Sometimes you hear things like, oh, well, it's got these benefits and these spiritual things and all matter. these things. That is all irrelevant, <laughs> right? The fact is You're that putting duct tape on e- the branch to keep exactly, it from falling. Exactly. <laughs> that, those kind of things, that's the wrong line of justification. All you need to say is, well, because God commanded this. Sure. I covenant. believe in God. God commanded this. That's why I do and, it. It's a covenant, homie. And right. you want to listen to, you, you want to hear a verse that really um, um, uh, uh, cements that, is that Allah, when he speaks about the munafiks, right? And Allah says, if Allah had commanded for all of you to kill yourselves, right? There, that goes, that basically Allah is telling us, right? Then he says, they wouldn't have done it. The munafiks wouldn't have done it, right? It goes to show you do things because of the origin, not because of the the wisdoms and the feel goods. Sheikh, there's the hadith about the test of the people who were, the people of Fetra, right? That Allah commands them on the day of judgment. Enter the fire. Yes. They see the fire and he tells them exactly. to enter. And those who would have been of Iman are the ones who f- yeah. follow the command. Seeing the fire, they enter it willingly. Yeah. And that go- it, it gives victory to the, the root over the result. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's all, all our Iman is. And that's why Aqid is so important is that the root. And they feel the root is sound. It's not going to matter what storm comes if a mountain is uh, half a mile under the ground. Right? No storm is going to hurt that mountain. Right. Right. And that's what uh, Al-Yaqeen, Imam Al-Ghazali, described it as. A iman that is like a mountain is unmovable. And the pegs of those mountains, when I asked, and I was young and more in a spiritual sort of mindset, and I thought, what is that? Is it a spiritual state? And it was Mustafa al-Bedawi, the author <laughs> Mustafa al-Bedawi. Right? And I asked him, Imam Al-Haddad said this, is it a spiritual state? He said, no, it is not knowledge of Allah. And I said, that's spiritual unseen knowledge? He said, no, it is rational understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I was shocked. I was like, because well, of all people, him from, from him, right? And that's what he said. And he said, Imam al-Haddad is not talking about spiritual unveilings about God that will cement your iman. It no. is rational understanding, mm-hmm. right, of the origins of your faith, right? right. And the, ba- right. the base of your faith. I, I'm not one to tell people how to raise their children, yeah. but my mother brought me up not with punishments, and not with rewards. She just 
talked to me, told me why she thought it was important. And then when I disappointed her, which was often, she would feel bad and I would see that. And that was it. And so my motivation was to just not to do it, not because I would get hit or because I would get candy if I, I did. I think that's, that's, that, that's so right because uh, oftentimes when I see in sometimes some schools where you got like semi-adults, like 15, 16-year-old kids, and they're being given detention, right, for being late to class. Or, or prizes what? for yeah, getting or, good yeah, grades. Exactly. I'm thinking to myself, like, look, you're an adult. You want to take the class. I'm not right. going to get hurt. If you don't understand in this mind at that age that you got to go to college, there's nothing I could do for you. Then, then something else is wrong. Right? How this relates is that I, I understood that right and wrong was for its own sake or for the sake of the one commanding it. In that case, my mother, not f not for not for reward and punishment, exactly. but because mm. it's right and it's wrong. So I right. had and my mother talked to me and gave me explanations of why going to school was good as opposed yeah. to sleeping in and dropping out of school, not beating me. Get up. Yeah, right? Right. Remember that. We had an intense uh, match the other day in the masjid and I was the automatic right. QB and they had two teams. We had a really intense game. Right. And then there was a winner and there was a loser. Uh, right. for, for for all people who are not in America, yeah. uh, we have like a gym in the back. It's not just yeah. Like, we have it. Oh yeah, <laughs> it wasn't in the and a, Q, a QB yeah. is a quarterback. A quarterback, yeah. right. which is a, a, a position in American football. For all people who don't like American football yeah. and sports, yeah. and, you know, that one episode. Yeah. <laughs> so we uh, so you had the Super Bowl of yeah. of uh, NBIC. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was one of those games that broke out just because people were there. It was totally not prepared, and it ended up um, being like an epic. You know, one of the 11 and 12 year olds, yeah. a game like that could be totally epic and remember it for the rest of their lives. Right. Mm. And then afterwards, one of the winners said, well, we won this amazing game. Well, do we get anything? I said, yeah, you get the feeling that you won. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Right. That's it. And they're like, yeah, that's nothing better than that. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, and the other right, guys, the punishment, they lost. Yeah. yeah. And now they're motivated. That's the yeah. worst yeah. punishment. Yeah. So now now that we've set the stage uh, for this and this is why I wanted to do the the previous like, you know, uh, out, I don't know how long it's been, but uh, the the previous you know talk about logic is this final you know point why you can't be good without God mm -hmm. because this comes up very you know this came up recently mm -hmm. uh, and you know I have a very controversial example of of that but you know I'll refrain from since we're we're all about controversy <laughs> on this episode you might as well but, you know. well I mean so the, the question is why can't you be good right. without God well so. If, if you're saying that, that the, the notion of right and wrong and good and bad do not come from a divine source, you're essentially saying that it's based on some sort of consensus system among humans, right? That mm -hmm. collectively we somehow agree that there are things that you shouldn't do and shouldn't do, which already is false because collectively humans agree on virtually nothing. Mm -hmm. But let's just say you have societies that you know agree that, hey, these things are good to do and these things are bad to do. Well then, you know, that's that's constantly subject to the whims of the changing social tides and the changing attitudes. And you know, like Dr. said, he said like there's there's nothing that you can pass on. You can't pass on an attitude mm -hmm. in a certain time in a certain context as a philosophy to the next generation. That's not something that's consistent over time. And so like I'll use an example, right? In, in Nazi Germany, right, they, that society collectively put a man into power who did terrible things, right, that we now, we now look at as horrible atrocities. Mm -hmm. But within the context of that society, 
they reached somewhat of a consensus mm -hmm. to say that, you know, this guy should be our leader and the things that he does are going to be in the best interest of our people. Mm -hmm. So within that closed environment, right, the rest of the world is like, what the hell are you guys doing? Like, you guys are just murdering people. Well, not the rest of the world. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's a good yeah. point. But, you know, internally, they're looked at as, okay, well, they're being internally consistent as to what they should and shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. And so by that logic, you can say that, hey, you know, like there was nothing wrong with, with what Nazi Germany did because they reached a consensus uh, within their country that this was the mm -hmm. thing to do. So that's where that breaks apart, right? And, and w that's something that everybody, again, Alex will caveat yeah. that, but that's something <laughs> that people can recognize that that was a horrible thing. So he set the precedent <clears throat> that consensus can be wrong. Right, exactly. Yeah. There you go. This so is, if that's the basis so, of your goodness, then your basis itself has been undermined right. by this experiment. And by yep. the way, anybody that doesn't understand this, there's a great book called uh, The Nazi Seizure of Power that explains, it, it just focuses on one town in Germany from pre-Rise of Hitler all the way through yeah. and shows you how the people just became, right. you know, yeah. part of the, so the I was so just the, reading it the other so day. So the question, oh, Moeen, of like, smart. you know, <laughs> if there's, how can God exist if there's evil in the world? It's like, well, you know that if you're not getting the morals from and, and right and wrong from God, then evil definitely exists. <laughs> like, yeah. it, and, and it's, and it's from flourish. us. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Also, yeah. also, I was reading it because I, I sent this picture to somebody who was asking me something. Uh, McCarthyism as well, the rise of McCarthyism. It's mm. the same idea, right? Like yeah. you can right. get, you can cause mass hysteria yeah, in people, you and, can. Can, and you can true. just change yeah. their entire well, worldview. And we you have can intern Japanese people. You can do all these I'm things you, as a consensus. We thing. have a mass hysteria going on right now in many universities, right. and colleges, especially the smaller scale stuff, right? Uh, any professor that is accused is dismissed right because especially if they're for-profit colleges that don't want to get sued yep right now tell me now how is that fair because they just don't want to get sued I right i saw yeah and that's the me too stuff right yeah, yeah. right yeah He's i saw the dismissed. most insane video from it's not it's not a me too from um berkeley yeah. which is a top school of these students yelling at a professor that they, because of the oppression that they had experienced and et cetera, that they should be given a take-home exam rather than have to sit for the exam. By the way, blue books in front of the people. Like, it's exam time. Yeah. They're delaying the exam. They're in the front of the class. The professor's trying to talk, and they're like, you let us speak. Right. And it's insane. It's the craziest thing I've it ever seen in my life. It should be shut down, these schools. Absolutely. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, now, these there's aren't a fear anymore. of yeah. ever offending or, or the, the student. Yeah. Uh, back to Moeen's question, right? Like, if you... For a lot of the humanists, right, the humanist line of argumentation that, that you could be good without God is yeah. that, hey, you know, there's like a set of universally agreed upon principles yeah. that we'll all just bro out on and like, yeah. you know, agree <laughs> with and like, you know, we'll all just vibe with that and, yeah. and we can arrive at it. The problem with that is, okay, fine, I'm a humanist. I don't agree with your humanist yeah, principles. Exactly. Now what? <laughs> no, yeah. my, my, quest, my question is, humans have been putting pen to paper for a long time. Yeah. If these are so universal, right. then why are we writing? I mean, they should be written. Why right is now. there even any discussion? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, the, the, everybody would agree. Well, by, by the way, you know what's one of the things that's in the, in the UN Declaration, which yeah. is like part of their Bible or used to be? The right to self-defense. Right, yeah. right. Uh, now, not now, right anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, one thing I, I'm going to to bring up because this is this is I think a, a very important point about this is when you say, "Can you be good without God?" 
you need to first define a couple of things, yeah, right? What is good in the first place? Right. It's good. What is God? Yep. What is, can you be right? Yeah. Like it's a lot of things right. there, right? Yeah. So one is understanding good. Is good universally accepted? Is it yeah. changing? Is it yeah. not changing? Exactly. So right. when someone's, you ask, when you say that someone's judging, who's right. the judge? Exactly. So right. this is where it's that arbitrary. This yeah. is where that logic piece comes in, and 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 I would I, I would I would say to you know listeners is if you're not familiar with you know th- these principles of logic, I'm going to assume most people are, but let's say you're not, or you know somebody who's not, right? The first thing I would say is. Take any statement. You first hear it and say, hold on, wait, let me define all of the terms in, exactly. in this statement, right? Can I be, can you be good without God, right? Uh, what is God? Now, let's say we understand, you know, God is powerful, you know, uh, unchanged. Our conception of God. Our yeah. conception of God. Right. Now we understand that. What is good? Is yeah. good the principle that right. we decide as a community? Is good a, you know, uh, a human understanding of, you know, you don't kill people, you don't do this, you don't right. do that, you don't do that. Is that good? What is good? Yep. Right? Which I would, and even I would argue that that a lot of what, you know, people consider universals and good, how can you even separate the influence of revelation from what we we think is good or not? Yeah. Right? Even, even uh, secular societies have at some point been influenced by revelation and 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 religious ideology to the point where it probably is impossible to separate that some of their modern ideology and some of their notions of what's good the golden rule yeah. right these things from the religious influences yeah. so like now these are things that we accept as almost like common things that everybody why, well, knows you know, their argument is that <clears throat> all religious edicts are man-made yeah. Yeah, so. and, and exactly <laughs> that's and, it's so universal yeah. that people right. across times and societies yeah. were able to come up with the same ideas no. so, so then we'll come up to you then come follow through with them then and the question you can ask is you know can good change yeah yeah well right. that's why they Clearly, do have the they evolution so. of right. yeah they have the evolution of morality never ending yeah. so then then you need to decide right as a person when you're listening yeah, to right. the statement can good change and if yeah. you're and if you say no then can the answer to can there be good without god is no yeah, yeah. Right. you know there's that whole thing about human rights inflation i think yeah. It's what is too that? long for this. Nah, it's too long okay. for this. So. And, and uh, human rights inflation but, bumps out old rights. Yeah. Yeah. Because of new rights. Because it, it, first of all, you can only have so many, right? And this is the brief. And sometimes they come into conflict. Yeah. So, like. Exactly. I mean, Dr. Shetty's brought this up a lot of times. It's we focus on human rights, but what about when my human right infringes upon the right of another human being? Yeah. Right? Like, so we don't look at it like human rights. We look at it. As Personal you know, rights. exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> and what you brought up was what Friedrich Nietzsche said, is that all these atheists that were trying to come up with a kind of uh, set of virtues, yeah. all you're doing is trying to find godless bases and evidences mm-hmm. for the virtues given to us by the church. Right, right? exactly. So, like he, in the purest sense, atheists should be nihilists. Yeah. Like yeah. they should just, yeah, they should everything just be should be utilitarian, kind of Ayn yeah. Randian type. So here's, here, <laughs> here's, <laughs> yeah. here's another contradiction, just anecdotally, if you think deeply about it. If you set up this perfect society, let's say if you set up this perfect society in which the good is just what's agreed upon and there's really uh, nothing really absolute and there's freedoms. So in such a society, there will be a flourishing, right? It'll flourish. When society flourishes and there are a lot of people, what do you need more of? more rules, more policies, right? A stiffer hand, 
right? So if, if, if we're going around and, and allowing for liberty of everything, that means I can text and drive. Yeah. Well, what's going to happen if I do that, right? Somebody's going to get Somebody killed. Get killed. So what are they, the government going to do? They're going to put a hefty fine right. on us, and it's going to be a really painful punishment, right? So wait a second. This thing that I thought that I was escaping from, right, this punishment and, and rules and, writ and limitations, I end up finding the same thing, right? If, yeah. uh, the, more I, the more I, you know, so if you think about it, uh, when you take the, these ideas to their logical conclusions— you find that they oftentimes not bring the same thing. They bring something worse. Yeah. It's so, interesting the way you look. Sorry, before, mm -hmm. like, when you look at the notion of, like, human rights and how it's formed, it's always my rights upon the rest of the world. Yeah. Exactly. Right? It's upon the rest of the world. And the way we look at it is, no, everybody else has a right upon you. That's true. In various degrees. Yeah. Right. right? It's and, the inverse and the of more, that. The more you inverse <clears throat> it, the more you get. Right. Because when, like, Shara, we used to give an example uh, that Allah says, don't steal. You should also know that he's actually telling everyone else not to steal from you. Exactly. Right. right. So you're limited mm -hmm. once from stealing one action, but all millions of people are also limited yeah. from you. Right? Yes. Sorry, Alex, so, what were you going to say? It's yeah. just, I'm going to read two sentences quickly. Um, there's a, something leads up to, there's a tension between human rights fundamentalism, that is the inclination to treat documents like the International Declaration of Human Rights, for instance, as immutable and versus human rights inflation and devaluation. That is, constant accretion has a devaluing effect on previously accepted human rights in the way that increasing the amount of currency in the circulation reduces value buy buying power. Yes. So the more you add rights, yep. the less rights matter. Yeah, right? that's true. That's true. The challenge in this regard is balancing the desire of an ever-growing chorus of political movements to have their concerns elevated to the status of, quote, rights, which is bad enough, when some of those concerns are incompatible with established rights and thus if elevated would not just add to inflate the master list of rights but would also necessarily push out competing concerns which were all very real universal and deserving of a spot on that list just last right. week it's like who prioritizes it no that's no the thing. arbiter that's the thing and <laughs> when we get down to it you find out like as the word marriage was altered yeah. by what by a, a 30 year plan yeah. with millions of dollars, millions of Hollywood actors and, and influencers. Right. So they were capable with their dollars and their influence to, to alter the definition of a word. Right. right? Billions of dollars. Billions of yeah. dollars. Yeah. By the way, and in case you think we're conspiracy theorizing, yeah. when Sony's emails were hacked and everybody was focusing on how much Kevin Hart was getting paid and how the executives were talking bad about other actors. One of the other things that came out is that they have meetings every year where they discuss how they're going to uh, bolster Israel. Yeah. yeah. On their own emails. Yeah. No conspiracy. Yeah. So, yeah, there's also a conspiracy. I mean, Elton John, I think, was at the at the head of it way back. Right. right? And uh, I think even. I mean, uh, even the, Joe Biden, who's, you know, Joe yeah. Biden. Yeah. Um, he said that nothing changed his perception of gay people as much as Will and Grace. Yeah. So wow. you watch that show, and yeah. that completely changes his view mm. of the world. There you go. So he's an idiot. So, so, so <laughs> back in the day, when life was a lot simpler, it was just if you have a bigger club in your hand, right? You get your way, you get and you rights. say, and you say that to observe this property line right here, that's goodness, right? <clears throat> that's <clears throat> goodness because I just extended my property line right. by be beating you. Exactly. Right? You cannot hunt over there. Yep. This is what's good now. And now you train the next generation to say goodness is to observe these property lines. Now society is a lot more complicated. So you need billions of dollars and influence on the hearts and minds of people to achieve your goal. Right. So in both cases, it's might makes right. And yeah. that's what Jahiliya 
the definition of jahiliyyah right. is that goodness is meaningless. It is merely what the strong desires. And, uh, and right. how the, the, That's brilliant. they mm-hmm. defined it is yeah, uh, the, the strong eats the weak. That's it. And right. by the way, it's not always even it's not always even the billions of dollars. Sometimes it's just whoever gets loud first. Yeah. Right. And, and and can convince enough people that they're loud. Their That's loudness. Right. That's is the modern form of yeah. strength. It's yeah. not. It's no longer the club, but it's who can. Ah. Be, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There you go. That's <laughs> exactly what repeating. it is. Let's drown everybody and out. And yeah. it's that sound effect as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's. I mean, Moyen, your question is like, I don't know. I feel like it's easily t- taken apart, right? Like, can you be good without Un- God? As as easy as we think it is, unfortunately, a lot of people don't, right? So, like, what if a psychopath is like, you know, like, <laughs> hey, hey, like, it's good for me to just murder as many people as possible. And he's like, it's good for me. I'm internally consistent because it, it makes it, me happy. Yeah, exactly. But, I'm deriving my morality from myself. <laughs> and so that's fine. But other people would be like, well, well I don't Sam want Harris to kill will go, me. well, certainly the society agrees that the. But the majority of people are deciding, yeah. right? <laughs> so then, so then it's consensus. Then it's consensus. So good. Then yeah. it's consensus based, yeah. and then you can have you can you can't say well, Nazi well, Germany was well, wrong. No, because, because <laughs> well, based because, on that argument, because the current consensus is magnitudes of yeah. order larger. Exactly. Yeah, it's true. He <laughs> loves saying magnitudes of order. Yeah, yeah. It makes him sound smart. <laughs> I know. He's like one of those so people that says like a lot without any substance. So yeah. Orders well, of magnitude yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Kraus, the yeah. own, the credibility that Kraus has. Okay, he he might he's I'm sure he has got some good researches yeah. out there. You know he got me too, right? Really? Did oh, he? Big times. Nah. 30 yeah. years of abuse. You're kidding. Oh, wow. He's out, son. Oh, of boys? <laughs> no, of girls. women. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you never put any The thing is, I'm sure these guys <laughs> are, you know, like in their respective domains, they probably know what they're talking about. Right, neuroscience. Yeah. I mean, you they, know, like neuroscience, physics. I, I'm sure. I, I, Biology. I, I read Mohammed <laughs> Thailan on yeah. on Sam Harris's qualifications as a neuroscientist. Okay, coming from a neuroscientist. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> so not even in that field. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, okay. But Kraus, <laughs> what, what what Kraus does to lend himself that credibility is he dresses his arguments for atheism in his own the terms that he pulls from his back pocket from his field yeah. of science. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right, like any faqih could come and try to swindle you about something like this pen is actually not your pen, and he can give you all sorts of fiqh terms and get you lost, right? And you feel intimidated. Yeah. Right. So you're like, wow, I'm, I'm really. I think he might have a point. All he's done is dressing, window dressing with terms. By the way, Kraus is good in his field. Dennett is also Daniel Dennett. Harris, the popular ones, Harris and uh, Dawkins. Dawkins. Are actually, by by consensus of their peers, poor mm, examples right. in their field, wow. which is why they're out making a living being loud and, and yeah. obnoxious. Yeah. Being right. speakers, they're speakers. Yeah, and they're actually. Obno- yeah, Harris has never done any work in the field. No, there's nothing. He's not published in any no, journals. Not. Self-published. Any... Oh, okay. Yeah. But he writes books. He writes but popular books. That's that what he could does. be self-published. No. You know, because, what, we, because we should... I have a mission. Because yeah. uh, after yeah. 9/11, I just realized <laughs> the evil in the world. He has like, yes. he has, he has like a, a, yeah. an unhealthy obsession with like Islam. Islam. Yeah, he does. Yeah. For, like, like, no, these people. By the way, let me just tell you, Harris is not a coincidence. Harris is not. A phenomenon that just occurs. He's not organically uh, thrown in, thrown onto the scene. He is somebody that, at the right time, was in the right place to 
get some you know some of that some of that dark budget some of that the black budget money yeah. that the NSA has yeah. to be the the voice of reason <laughs> against Muslims because yeah. right. that's all he really does. Uh-huh. All he really does is talk about Muslims. And, and this a, is this in is quasi objective like scientific. His job is to be the, just like Dawkins is hired. Literally, his job is what the popular to the public popularize atheism. Po- popularize yeah. no, but his job at uh, Oxford is. Mm. The he's the he's the professor of public education on science. No, that's not real science. Well, he's yeah. th- that, but that's his official job. Yeah. Sam Harris's unofficial job is the public uh, denouncer from a reasonable liberal mm. kind of you know California yeah. uh, trustafarian background into fake religion meditation. Yeah. But denigrate his son at oh, he's every big turn. On meditation. Yeah. That's what I don't get. He gets he gets money for it. Right. Bro, like bro, the, the biggest the biggest nonsense is that his means is through an app. They meditate <laughs> through an app. Yeah. Right? Where he's in your ear. Yeah. <laughs> so. Think about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ten that's minutes. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Do it for ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah. See. No. We, but so yeah, I think he's I think he's actually a, a, an agent. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, no, I'm, I'm, by the way, it, it's not it's not an exaggeration to say that there are people who that's what they do. Yeah. Right. They get paid. This is where this they're put into the public yeah, sphere course. in order to do this, and they receive money, and they're not on the books yeah. getting paid. I won't be surprised in ten twenty years if we find out that a lot of these Muslim quote unquote Muslim bloggers were also uh, uh, something else was going on, <laughs> like no fatal qu- feminists. How could you be a Muslim and say Allahu Akbar? There's no question about that. We've yeah. we've discussed this before. The State Department earmarks money and also gets some of the big some of the big like private donors foundations and they donate to this pillars fund which has a liberal agenda mm-hmm. and has an agenda to promote like secular type right the secularization or the liberalization of islam in america yeah they fund their billion their billion dollar fund they then turn around and fund all these other organizations which funnel the money yeah. out to these you know disgusting people in the, in the media and and the, the, you know the reason people hesitate is because they really don't conceptualize that how evil people humans can be right how evil people can be it's like the, you turn around and complain about evil when it comes to god yeah but when actually there's a, a legitimate cause to think that people are actually snakes yeah and they're trying to undermine a community from within like you hesitate mm-hmm. and by the way even that the people running uh, running these organizations Wallahi, I think they're sincere, but they're wrong yeah. as wrong can be. Yeah. Not the, maybe not the people at the base who are getting the, who are getting funded to do this, mm-hmm. but the people running these things. Yeah. I think that they really think that the way forward in, in in America is to be like, no, 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 I'm just as I'm just as dirty as you are. Yeah. Yeah. But let me have my culture Islam, exactly. right? But you're ruining the religion, and, and, and you the, don't get it because you're so caught up in accepting by in, in having white people accept you and love you. Yeah. That you just don't understand it, yeah. right? And so you're you're you made it big, and you 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 have access to all these government agencies and all these private foundations and all these donors, and you're going to direct the money to sell your brand of Islam, which is this accommodationist, mm-hmm. you know, respectability politics, mm-hmm. which in today's age turns into disrespectability politics. Yeah. I'm just as gay and yeah, and exactly. and and smoke drugs and and mm-hmm. do as much <laughs> disgusting things with my body as you so, do. So yeah, I mean, I, I want to just point out something real sorry. quick, no. right? Um, the answer going back to the question, right? Like, can you be good without God? I just want to point out that, you know, the top three by kill count worst dictators in the history, in the recorded history that we have Stalin, Stalin Hitler, Hitler, Hitler Mao. Pot? Oh, yeah, Mao, that's right. Pol Pot Mao. is up there. No, but Mao is way higher. Yeah, yeah, Stalin, Hitler, Mao. All secular. Yeah. All, all secular. pushing <laughs> secular ideologies. Yeah. Like, 
So if you can be good without God, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's, no, that's, that's, uh, that's what you tell them when they say, well, all religion caused all those wars. Well, irreligion yeah. caused a lot more wars. Right. Well, right? see, the, Deadlier, the, thing, bloodier. the, the, the yeah. thing is, right, like using the argument that oh, irreligion caused more wars or whatever. Yeah. This is I actually think this is a weak argument. It is. Right? It, 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 it is a secondary line it's a, of it's argumentation. It's a secondary line of it's argumentation yeah. that actually like it gives like credence to the first one that is right. not already a logical yeah. fallacy. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Not only that, <laughs> absolutely. By their own Break it down logically question. first, yeah. and then that's the that's like the. You know, you know what you, what you just talked about about those those people who are starting these trusts and they're trying to impress. I'll tell you where that all that started is in the 1970s and 1980s, when some Arabs and a lot of Desi families lived in towns. Parents had good jobs. They lived in all white towns and sent that kid to school. And Siddiqui or whoever it was, <laughs> right, was the only brown kid. There was one black kid in the class. Him. Right, he was the only brown kid in the class, and he was traumatized from second and third grade, and he never got over it. Right, that's and, that's my and and let me tell you something. He unlike, never got over it. Unlike a lot of Muslims, I I uh, am familiar with Jewish culture in America, and I listen to Jews objectively. I don't necessarily I don't hate <laughs> Jews at all. Actually, not necessarily. Yeah. I don't hate Jews at all. I hate Zionism. I think yeah. it's horrible. But yeah. I have nothing against Jews. And right. some of my favorite professors at school were Jewish, yeah. and they were actually some of the kindest and nicest people. Um, Jews in America suffered the same situation mm -hmm. and it happened when they came over pre-World pre War II um, to a country where they were kind of like looked down on and so yarmulkes started coming off mm -hmm. and snoods which is like with the head covering that yeah. some orthodox women by the way everybody who came from Eastern Europe was orthodox there was nothing else that was, that's the so you came from Eastern Europe you were orthodox <clears throat> big beard Yarmulke, women covered their hair, yeah. long skirts, and wore the white shirts with the extension. things hanging off. Yep. Yeah, Hasidic is just, just a, it's an extension a, of that. It's a, it's a tariq, yeah, basically, tariq, right? Basically. So everybody was orthodox. They got here and they quickly started, you know, changing their appearance, mm -hmm. trying to fit in, started, started using more, you know, liberal. And, and, and if you look at Jewish people in America today, you'll see that there's a divide between the secular and the orthodox. It's also an economic divide. So as people became successful, doctors, lawyers, professors, you know, Hollywood executives, money managers, whatever, their religion started falling off. And the Orthodox that you find now in Brooklyn and places, they're actually not the wealthy ones. Mm. Yeah. People have this misconception, all oh, the Jews are rich. They're oh, not. Yeah, There's yeah, a yeah. lot of poor oh, yeah. people. Absolutely. There's a lot of poor Jewish people in America, yeah. but they tend to be the more religious ones. Mm -hmm. It's the ones who got successful in Dunya who shed their religion. Sure. And this is exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Because by the way, you know who's not running these organizations? Anybody in the hood? Yeah, yeah. nobody's. That's, that's why the, the none none of these people. And that's not to say that there's no black Muslims that are a part of this movement, but they're the ones that are making it in academia, typically mm -hmm. in some kind of liberal arts uh, yeah. PhD program. And or I'm telling you, they so. they hate those types of Muslims. They have no relation with those types of Muslims. And uh, and the the uh, the Muslims from the, the inner cities, are like, wait a second, we've been. Uh, Fighting this system and you for so long, right? And we use Islam as our means, right? And then you guys are using your Islam to try to shed as much of it as possible to join into this system that's harming us. Yep. Right. And by the way, I don't care if you grew up in the same like type of background as I did. If you're now out here living that suburban life and trying to fit in and trying to be like, well, Muslims are just as good as everybody else, then I don't want to hear it. I, I, I have I don't I don't I don't buy into your backstory. Yeah, yeah I, I I have to say honestly, uh, those people who someone who wrote with their fingers onto the keyboard, 
that article from the fatal feminist right saying i have really no love for muhammad uh that if i met him i would ask him if he has any questions for me right she's a murid of that of uh, i mean a wudud right yeah yeah i i, I if you put your fingers Murida. on think about this think about this yeah think about this if you actually you actually type that how could you be like, oh, even logically in your head why would you still be muslim well because she has right. a greater religion which is uh identity a minority politics, identity yeah, politics. a minority yeah i found this on my desk today when i came into work holy quran translation commentary alex we were cleaning out criminal division and came across this it was in didn't some know if you wanted it it was on some retired judge in a box in some retired judge's serious? office yeah here's, so, here's something somebody just sent me you can have fun with i'm this so one. mad are you kidding me what? what the heck is this garbage it's a it's a crescent shaped christmas tree it's a well, ramadan tree and there's a law written behind it's it a ramadan tree ramadan tree why don't you get a ramadan menorah by the way, Christians. So the Philistines could come and break your house down. Right? If, there are, if there are any Christians that listen to this podcast and you're still listening to this episode, yeah. Yeah. you shouldn't have a Christmas tree. It's cool. it's 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 bid'ah for you. That's true. It's an innov- It's a it's a it's a blameworthy it's, innovation it's a, it's in a, your religion. It's a Nordic thing or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, these even, people. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, think, I think we should listen, wrap up. Listen, because <laughs> I'm just getting mad. The people, the mode. people who have the Ramadan tree, why don't they have a menorah? <laughs> are they discriminating? Because uh, they're not the dominant. Because yes. the menorah. Because the Jews are not the dominant group. By the way, <laughs> maybe not by population, but by influence. Secular Jews. They have Christmas they have trees, menorahs? man. They have Christmas oh. trees, man. Yeah. So all right, we're gonna wrap up now because we just. Uh, <laughs> but, <an hour>. Yeah, <laughs> we're like a two hours. Ten, but ten. hopefully, I mean, you know, starting with the like the basics of what logic is, yeah. why it's important. Right. Why you need to have rational foundation for a lot of these things, how that ties into a rational conception of why God exists, all these things. Hopefully, th- yeah. These are, you know, I think Alex and Dr. Shady have mentioned this a little bit earlier, but these are the roots, right? That's these the are true. the roots on which you can support the rest of of what you believe. And yeah. if you're hanging onto the branches, it's not going to work. Not gonna work. Well, so, because so because I, that tree doesn't even look nice. It's <laughs> it looks terrible. It looks terrible. Yeah. yeah. It wouldn't even grow it looks in like nature. It's going to fall over. Exactly. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so I'm going to say I'm going to say one last thing and then and then we're going to wrap up. Uh, so uh, I want everybody to memorize this argument, the Kalam cosmological argument. Uh, everything that begins to exist must have a cause. The universe began to exist. Therefore, the universe must have a cause. Just memorize it. It's not that hard, yeah. right? Somebody asks you, uh, you know, this is the Kalam cosmological argument. Now, I hope that, you know, like Saad said, you know, after hearing this discussion, you know, you'll, you know, d- delve more into understanding logic and principles of logic and, and how these things make sense. And I think logic is a fantastic subject to study uh, in general. I mean, hopefully it will help you out in your, you know, daily day-to-day life yeah. as well as business G. and, and, uh, and exactly. other things. Add, right? so, add to it that, can you have an, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a logical syllogism a second therefore? You can have a second therefore, yeah. right? Therefore, the universe has a cause. And in addition to that, or by extension, that cause must be causeless be, and uncaused, beginningless. Right. Uncaused yeah. and beginningless and transcendent beyond the entire universe and its physical laws. Right. Yeah. Laws of nature. And therefore, 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 
Islam. Right. So <laughs> well, we didn't get to the we didn't as- get to the rest Nubu- of that. But we've been, we, the thing is, people have issues with Allah first. Right. It's exactly. going to take us a year or something to yeah. get past that. <laughs> yeah. Right? Exactly. Then to get no, to I mean, crosses honest, of Nubu. I know we got to wrap, Nubu. but like, I think the reason that this is a huge problem now, or maybe it's all, always been a huge problem. I don't know, but is because it goes back to nobody can define anything anymore. Yeah. Nobody can agree on anything on on how things are defined. So naturally you will never be able to apply logic or logical arguments when nobody can agree on the definitions. It's I, just not going to work. And yeah, that's what you see exactly. now. You can see a lot of people arguing and they have different notions mm-hmm. and different definitions of all of this stuff and it's just they're just screaming at each other. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, it, and it stops there, and right? Islamic, like it doesn't proceed any further. Within the Muslim community, it's because of ignorance of Arabic. They can't read the actual sources and verses and hadith. And what I'm telling you is that we're going to have to keep talking about Allah for a while. I signed up for your for your course, by the oh, way. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, that course, the, the, There's the reading course. a good online course. course. Yeah, the reading course. Yeah. And then I, re- I figured, well, wait a second. What about those who don't know anything? So we want to make it a one-stop shop and start with the alphabet. So the next, and that's free for everyone to take the alphabet and then uh, beginning grammars. But the reason that we're going to have to talk before we get to proofs of the of prophethood, we, we need to keep talking about this because I saw this the other day. Um, well, I think this piece is a contra- is a, is contradictory because if Allah is omnipotent, the creator all around us, then certainly Allah is the universe. And if people are created in a state of fitrah, pure doing good, Therefore, what are you friends with Lawrence Krauss? (laughs) (laughs) So he's a pantheist. No, this is a Muslim. Oh, (laughs) a Muslim writing this. Yeah. Right. Quote unquote. Well, I mean, here's the thing, though, right? I think. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, The more more is that. Therefore, okay, the high, surely the highest worship of Allah would be that of doing good in that universe. Right. So. To, to, this to is like a pseudo logic. Mother Teresa yeah. is is the highest is for, is is the kotub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because so, so so look at this logic of this person that if Allah's he, he created all this, therefore he is all this. Yeah, that's already. It's, it, he's, he's already making made an yeah. assumption and a false premise. Bill yeah. Gates. That's is, like is the that's golf. like that's like what <laughs> I know Bill what, what, what Hamza Torsis was saying. He created the table. It doesn't make him the table. Yeah. Right, you know what right, I mean? Right. Like yeah. somebody who builds a table doesn't mean no, what, I become you know the what it table. Is? It's this idea that people go, oh, Allah is everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Like this right. basic, it's Al-Qaeda, not even 101. Yeah. yeah. This is the this is that remedial course that you don't get credit for. And it, it, yeah, it goes back to like everywhere. That's a yeah. spatial quality. Now you're yeah. attributing a spatial quality to uh, uh, Allah who is who does not anyone who have reads, any spatial anyone qualities. Who can read, anyone who can read decent level so of English is, should is, should look up uh, Sheikh Noor's uh, article, Is Allah Literally in the Sky? Yeah. yeah. Or and also literalism and the attributes of Allah. Read those yeah. because they address all this all, all the all things. the reasons why this is logically impossible yeah. and and why even uh, Muslim theological arguments that made these claims were wrong. It's it's and, really it's and, really good and complete yeah. and you should and read dangerous. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And 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 to 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 close this point off, I think, you know, individuals like that, it's one I don't like to blame them no, no, no. i just Absolutely i just not. think you know one there is a severe well, I don't know. severe <laughs> lack of logic and understanding of logic in the muslim community like yeah. a sev- extremely severe well lack when of i it. when i look uh, at it Muin, it's like okay there's clearly some fundamentals that are not being grasped grasped 
I mean, you could, on the one hand, be like, oh, you just don't get it. Like, what's wrong with you, right? On the other hand, it's like, maybe this is not being presented in a way that's understandable, right? That's and like, means. that's, and, and to get people to understand that is the more important thing as opposed to like, whatever, ridicule and, and that's what like, it is, hey. right? It's not, his, it may not be his fault, right? It's yeah. just, which or, is why I referred fault. those articles. Right. They're good. And yeah. they're, they're, they're from somebody who writes very well in English. Intelligent, who knows, who studied under traditional yeah. Alamah, and who has the credentials to write about. But these but the important thing is, I think, like there needs to be a sincerity there, right? Like, and I think a lot of times what you see is like a supreme arrogance in the face of like uh, not knowing a lot of oh. things. That which, thing that Doctor <laughs> that thing, well, even people who know a lot of things will be like, I don't know anything. Well, that, <laughs> that comment that Doctor Shadi just read, that is not. I came to these theological positions. Therefore, yeah. that that are, that 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 comment comes from a place of, I want for just being a good person to be the number one thing that a person is judged on, and therefore I will backwards walk around and go, well, God is everywhere, right. and therefore, eh, right. So yeah. it's a backwards. backwards. Yeah, and a lot of atheism is where it starts with conclusions. It yeah. starts with a conclusion, and this conclusion oftentimes is simply, I don't want anyone fantasy. to. Right. I don't want anyone to restrict. My passions. Yeah, it's a logical right. fallacy, and it's yeah. the original one. It's starting with your conclusion. It's yeah. begging the question. Yeah. The real meaning of begs the question. Yeah. Stop, <laughs> stop saying that with when you mean it raises a question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, all right, guys. Inshallah, let's uh, wrap up. So, all thank right. you so much. Um, exactly. uh, this was a great episode. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.